Lundsberg had been in touch with police over claims of domestic violence before she was killed in June. More from Gail Sanderson. 34-year-old Dexter Landsberg was on bail for assaulting his wife and damaging her mobile phone two months before he killed her. Police referred the case to the Independent Police Complaints Commission, which asked Hertfordshire to carry out their own local investigation. They could then refer the case back to the IPCC if they found any more evidence. Yesterday at St Albans Crown Court, Landsberg pleaded guilty to murder. He's due to be sentenced later this month. The Chancellor, George Osborne, is expected to announce details of a £900 million loan to small high street business in today's autumn statement. It's thought Mr Osborne will also outline plans for an increase in stamp duty and a review of business rates. Four teenagers remain in custody after a fight in Luton Town Centre yesterday lunchtime in which one man was stabbed. The 18-year-old suffered serious but not life-threatening injuries and is in a stable condition in hospital. The fight involved a large group of men, some armed with knives and using their belts as weapons. Three people, including a boy, were taken to hospital as a precaution after a kitchen fire in Buckingham yesterday evening. Fire crews were called just after 5pm to Deerfield Close after a box was placed on a hob, which was then accidentally switched on. In sport, Milton Keynes Dons are up to third in League One after a 1-0 victory at Sheffield United. Danny Green right-footed, drives it low, rebound for Benegan, Fomin is in the back of the net, it's Deli Ali has got the goal, what could be the winner for Milton Keynes Dons, Sheffield United nil, MK Dons won. And the funeral of the Australian cricketer Philip Hughes has taken place in his hometown of Maxville, north of Sydney. The weather, another mostly cloudy day with further showery rain and another cold northeast wind, a maximum temperature 9 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties Opening the doors on the biggest advent calendar in beds, hearts and bucks Let's see who's behind door number three Justin Dealey Being a music fan, my best Christmas memory would have to be when I woke up and I went downstairs and there was the sound system that I wanted and I just played records on it all day long. I think I had the uh, Now Dance 901 album. It was just brilliant, listening to music all day long, annoying the whole family, but I was loving it. Building up to Christmas with BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh boy, oh boy, that's going to get played a lot today. Nice one, Just. Morning, guys. Oh, I've had four and a half hours sleep and I'm feeling on top of the world. Why? Because I work with some of the greatest people here at BBC Three Counties Radio. They don't come in until later in the day, but in the meantime, I've got Catherine and Kelly. Hi. What did you say? (laughs) Nothing. Nothing, sign up. I'm a bit smelly today. I had a shower this morning, but I haven't got any deodorant, and my body emits a really musky odour. You're a fella. I'm a fella. Let's be honest, everything's off the agenda. Cass brought in pizza, isn't it? Whoop, whoop. Yep, whoop. You, you're eating it now, aren't you? Yep. Here we go. We're all just being like dirty, dirty students. Do you want some more? Because there's three bits left. We'll save one of those bad boys for me. Meat or veg? Mel veg, I think. Really? I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah... 08459 455 555. That's the telephone number. Why don't you pick up the uh, phone and uh, hit those buttons and uh, well, maybe we'll uh, uh, speak to you. Put some clothes on first, though, eh? No. What? 
I will not. Beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's start with some great music. my friends is the sound of a peacock I oiled up and I got naked Bunged up, left my Vicks at home, don't matter, don't matter, that pizza will certainly uh, help ease the nasal problems that I'm enduring this morning, Catherine Boyle. Yeah, I'm not sure where you went to medical school, but I'll go with that. And I've got to say, each day you look more and more like a movie star. (laughs) Elliot. (laughs) I know, I was waiting for that. From the movie E.T. Extraterrestrial. That's the fella. He was the star in many ways, wasn't he? Who? Elliot. No, it was the mum. He was. Gertie. Yeah. No, that wasn't the mum. That was the child. Yeah, all right, mate. I know. The mum was played by... 
I can't remember um, her name. She was in a film called The Howling. What was that about? Werewolves? Mate. Or dogs? Or a strong wind? I don't feel I should be discussing movies. If anyone wants to phone up and just chew the fat over movies... I'm really happy. I'm just happy just to be here and have a chat with people today. I saw Paddington over the weekend. Oh, yeah, is yeah, he? All right. Nice camera work, uh, lovely set pieces. Six out of ten. There's a BBC local radio station. Their film reviews are like that. And I get to listen to it uh, every every Friday morning. It really Paddington, is. not Paddington. He got annoyed, the fella, on Friday's show. Did he? Why? Because he was going... Did he, he watch Dude Wove My Donkey? He was going That's on awful. so long. He said, it, he said it was quite funny. Oh? Uh, he, he was going on so long, the presenter said, right, well, we're going to have to just skip to the end now. Oh, well, that's a shame, because we're going to miss out on some really good stuff that I prepared, but never mind. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> now, here we go. On to more serious things. Um, babies. Doesn't get much more serious than babies. You're better off having your baby somewhere other than in hospital. That's according to experts at the National Institute for Health and Care. Excellent. Nice. Nice. Say giving birth at home or in a midwife-led unit are actually safer options for women with low-risk pregnancies and it's calling for mums-to-be to be be given greater choices to where they deliver. Catherine's got more on this one because she's a woman. Yes. Why is Nice saying this? Because that is its job. But also it's saying that nine out of ten babies are delivered in hospital under the ultimate supervision of obstetricians and uh, as Nice is updating its guidance, it's saying that it doesn't think that this figure should be as high. It's latex findings. Sorry, I've got a bit of a <coughs> You've got a Domino's cough. <laughs> its latest findings suggest that home birth is equally as safe as in a midwife-led unit and traditional labour ward for the babies of women who've given birth before and have been enjoying a low-risk pregnancy this time around. Professor Mark Baker is NICE's clinical practice director and he says although women with complicated pregnancies will still need a doctor, there is no reason why women at low risk of complications during labour should not have their baby in an environment in which they feel more comfortable. But some organisations have concerns. Yes, organisations like the Royal College of Midwives. They're concerned that the guidance is in need of rapid updating and that in some areas it may not reflect the latest knowledge or evidence um, and what should be best practised by midwives and maternity services. They're saying recent and important evidence on team midwifery and continuity of care has not been included. The guidance as it stands suggests that team midwifery may not be the best model of care. However, recent research shows that team midwifery can help to ensure continuity of care whilst also delivering other quality outcomes. Go team midwifery! And women value continuity of care, which allows them to develop a trusting relationship with their midwife or a small group of midwives. So what they're talking about is seeing the same person more than once um, and seeing that person on the day you give birth. Other organisations have voiced concerns that encouraging women to give birth in midwife-led centres or at home would force women to give birth without doctors and put them (coughs) at greater risk of harm. Well, the thing is, when you're having a baby, um, something can uh, go wrong at any point you can have a wonderful pregnancy and right up until the last minute and then when we had our first everything was absolutely fine absolutely fine and then the little so-and-so wouldn't come out yeah and we were there for ages and he wouldn't come out and then suddenly we were surrounded by doctors and that. they came in and they got the boy oh boy i didn't know about the little um cut that hey they cut that wow wowzers um, so you cut, you don't know, do no, you? you? Don't know. And with your first child, I think that that is that is the uh, the concern, and, and nicer recognising that. I mean, with my first pregnancy, it all went completely pear shaped in a, in a moment. She is quite pear shaped, <laughs> but daughter, second time around, you know, they were more hands off. And nice, they... nicer saying that this thing about forcing women to give birth without doctors putting them at risk is is not is not correct. Exactly. There's Susan Bewley, professor of complex obstetrics at King's College London, who chaired this group at Nice, responsible for developing the updated recommendations, said that this just isn't the case. She says that midwives are highly capable professionals and can provide 
amazing one-to-one care to pregnant women in labour, whether that's in the woman's own home or in a midwife-led unit on a traditional labour ward. Some women may prefer to have their baby at home or in a midwife-led unit because they're generally safer. And that's their right. They should be supported in that choice. But if a woman would prefer to have her baby in a hospital because it makes her feel safer, that's also her right. You know Giving what? birth is a highly personal experience and there's no one-size-fits-all model that suits all women. Do you know what this smacks of? Saving money, keeping people out of hospitals. That's what it smacks of, doesn't it? It, it does. When they talk about more choice for women, women have always had choices. Yeah. You, yeah, you can say, I, I, I prefer to have it. Why would, here's a question. Why would anybody, we're not 1930s anymore, why would anyone want to have a, a baby at home? Oh, I don't know. I've got a beige carpet. Yeah, well, exactly. The damage it's going to do to your property. I know some, some uh, strange women have those um, water... Those, pools, yeah, the, birthing the, pools. The birthing pools. Oh, God. You know, it's not just baby that comes out in birthing pools. I was told a story about a birthing pool that um, burst in someone's living room. Oh, sweet Lord! Really? They take quite a beat in those paddling pools. Uh, why, would, why would you want to have a baby at home? I don't understand it. I mean, I suppose, it, you know, I, I don't really understand why anyone would want to do that. Oh, eight four five nine four double five. Well, that has to be said, my second baby, I cracked her out in no time. First time around, yes, it was, it was difficult and it was complicated, but second time around, no problems at all. Second baby, 45 minutes. Yeah. 45 minutes. I was home out. in time for X Factor. <laughs> I found her, I, we, we left to go to the hospital and my mother-in-law was, was at home looking after our eldest and I phoned her up pretty much as soon as we got there and she was like, oh no, what's going, what's going wrong? I said, no, nothing, the baby's here. No, seriously, what's happening? No, the baby's here. That's impossible. Literally just popped out. That was literally popped out. I mean, it was obviously, it was a bit of squeezing going on. But there was also this talk, and nice of referring to this, as to where women feel most comfortable. And it has to be said that you, your body does crazy things when you don't feel safe. And um, I remember saying goodbye to my, el- my eldest before we went to the hospital. Upset me so much that the contractions completely slowed down. Wow. Because I was obviously not comfortable and not ready. And How do maternity units work? In as much as there always seems to be a bed. If you turn up, sometimes you get sent away. Yeah, but if, you're, if your baby is coming out, they will find a bed for yeah, you. Yeah, but very few people who actually get there, their baby is coming out. Usually they, they can monitor it and they know how long it's going to take. Why would you want to have your baby at home? I can't think of uh, anything worse. 08459 555 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there was an accident at the exit slip road at Junction 11 for Dunstable. That has now been cleared, though, and it's moving fine through there. Further towards London, the M25 anti-clockwise. That has all the lanes open again now between Junction 24 for Potters Bar and 23 for the A1M after the accident there earlier on. But on the North Orbiter Road, it's starting to look heavy on the speed sensors now around the Shell Roundabout in Chisel Green and in Palmer's Green on the North Circular Road. That's starting to build up too between the Clockhouse Interchange and Bounds Green Road. Elsewhere, having a look at the speed sensors, around High Wycombe. It's moving well at, through, at the moment through the roadworks on Amersham Road. They're in place at Amersham Hill Drive. And checking the train departure boards, there's no reports of any delays at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 6.16. It is uh, Wednesday. Blimey. 3rd of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. New guidelines are recommending home births for 45% of all pregnant women. Hertfordshire police are carrying out their own investigation into their contact with a woman from Hatfield who was murdered by her husband. And Milton Keynes Dons are up to third in League One after a 1-0 victory at Sheffield United. Here we go. Here we go. We'll 
find out about local journalism in a minute. But before that, let's find out about local sports teams and local hatred. Why do people hate Milton Keynes Dons? So you finish that piece because of Because according to some, they stole someone else's football club. Watford. No, um, uh, Wimbledon. The, the, the Wimbledon. Wimbledon. The Wimbledon. Oh, what does that mean, they stole their football because, club? Because Wimbledon didn't have a... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to climb into this one now. Come I? on then, come and get in bed with me. Because... Kelly, get out of the bed now. Cass, uh, Wimbledon needed to find somewhere else for their uh, football. Wimbledon, club. South London, of course, yes. yes. And according to some, they couldn't find anywhere closer to home, <laughs> so they ended up going to Milton Keynes. But why do people hate Milton Keynes Dons, though? I don't, that doesn't, so, because so they became Milton Keynes Dons, and actually, if you're from South London, you'll feel like, okay. hang on, that's my football club. Okay, so the, the Wimbledonians, the Wombles, they don't like Milton Keynes Dons. No. That's fine. But why does everyone here hate Milton Keynes Dons? They, they shouldn't have beef. Who? Everyone hates Milton Keynes Dons. Do they? I don't yeah. really have a strong feelings about the Milton Keynes Dons. Just? Yes, boss. I'm glad you're here. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Sorry. By the way, Justin Dealey, looking hot today. Thank you. You are okay. looking so tasty. Thank you, boss. sharp. He is... Honestly... I, I'm testing um, whether I can get my wedding ring off or not, because, <laughs> Justin, seriously, you and me. Anyway. Yeah, thank you, boss. Everyone hates Milton Keynes Dons, don't they? Not everyone. Not everyone. I mean, t- to be fair, OK? Yeah. Um, be fair. This is quite an old debate, but, OK, I understand what Catherine's saying there. Some Wimbledon fans would say they stole our football club. Am I, was I careful enough there? Because I realise this is a hornet's nest. Yeah, no, you're very careful. No, the hornets are... Watford. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kels. what I would say is that Wimbledon fans had the chance to save their club and they then walked away from it, which is why they ended up becoming the okay. MK Dons. But then, right? but then, but then why, do, why do you hate Wimbledon? No, no, hang on. Why do you hate Milton Keynes Dons? <laughs> um, I don't hate the MK Dons. Oh, OK. okay. We're on the radio, it's, I forgot. It's, it's more, no, it's more of a jealousy thing because I'm obviously a big Luton Town supporter. So oh, right, you don't a, mention that. Any club coming into the area, i.e. the MK Dons, are tapping into the youth system... Save um, one of those pieces of pizza for me! <laughs> That they could take a young player which may go to loosen. So for me personally, when I look at my club, I love my club, I love the history of my club, but yeah. you look at the stadium, yes, it may be... Uh, um, so you're jealous? To, to a certain degree. It's jealousy? Degree, uh, no, to a certain degree, That's pathetic, yeah. mate. To a certain degree, yeah. That's pathetic. Well, it's not really. Well, jealousy is pathetic. No, it's not really. Is it jealousy is pathetic? Okay, all right, okay. It's pathetic. But that's why. You know, okay. Say I, Justin Dealey, am <laughs> pathetic. Uh, I'm not saying that. No chance. No chance. Later on, you'll see me, by the way, in a Luton Town kit with uh, the words on the back, taking it to the streets with J-Dog. <laughs> <laughs> why, why will I be seeing that? Because you want to. That's true, actually, I do. J-Dog uh, is spelt with two Gs. Mm. Wowzers. If you were Dog. wondering. Uh, Stevie Wonder, yes to me, yes to you. Can you introduce it for us, Just? Yes, uh, this is a fantastic song from 1969 from the King of Motown, Mr Stevie Wonder. Enjoy. He knows all those facts off the top of his head. What happened to the world we knew when we were dreaming, scheming while the time away? Yes, to me, yes, to you, yes, to
Five, five, double, five. Now, here's a thoroughly unpleasant story. Four men uh, were arrested after a fight in Luton Town Centre yesterday lunchtime. A man's been treated for knife injuries and police will continue to question the men being held in custody this morning. Well, this latest incident comes after a stabbing at a petrol station in Barton Road last week, although there is no suggestion of any link at this point. Well, our reporter Justin Daly is at the scene this morning. Justin, where are you? I'm um, just at the bottom of Wellington Street where this happened yesterday. Um, Obviously, a police cordon was here yesterday afternoon. Ian, arriving this morning, everything is completely back to normal. You'd never think that anything happened here. Somebody's just walked past. Uh, Sir, uh, we're talking about what happened here yesterday afternoon. Uh, Are you shocked by what happened here? Because personally, I'm not shocked. Are you shocked? I am shocked. I am shocked. Um, This is a place I walk uh, through all the time to do my mum's shopping, pay my bills, but I wouldn't think it would happen here. Right in the middle of a town centre. Right in the middle of a town centre where a lot of children come from school and stuff, you know, it's, I'm shocked. Okay, thank you very much indeed for your time. That's just a passerby this morning. So, Ian, uh, this happened yesterday. I mentioned the police cordon was here. Um, it was all sealed off. It was a, a crime scene. Everything has now been removed and people going to work this morning will think that, that nothing happened yesterday afternoon. Well, what did happen yesterday, Just? Well, police were called at 12.45 about a fight in George Street, which is right here in the heart of the town centre, which involved a large group of men. Some, Ian, they were armed with knives. Others uh, were using belts as weapons. Yes, he used belts, didn't he? Yeah, um, the fight started outside Lloyd's Bank, then moved to Nationwide before ending up in Wellington Street. Uh, One man was stabbed in Lower Wellington Street and taken to hospital in a police car. This eyewitness, Rachel, she spoke to our reporter, Tony Fisher, and she described what she saw yesterday afternoon. You were coming down by the side of the town hall. hall, Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, I saw three young um, boys here. Uh-huh. Three just yeah, outside three, the yeah, town hall. Yeah. yeah. Two black one and one uh, maybe English or don't know the nationality. Yeah. A white guy. A white guy, yeah. yeah. And then they have a three boys at this other side on my right hand when I was coming down. Yeah. Yeah, no, but the whole was black black boys. And then the man the young man uh, at the left side of the three with a uh, mix of one uh, white guy. He's got a knife with him, so they haven't got a bell out. We're trying to slap the, the, the other groups of uh-huh. the boys. And then so, so one group came down Wellington Street, yeah, Wellington and the other Street. group were outside the town hall. Yeah. yeah. So, so they got they got bought of of drinks, like a like a uh, beer or something like that. They holding it to to hit them, and then they got bells and a knife. They trying to. I saw one man, one young man, 
trying to point the other one, the, the, the knife, but I didn't touch him. So then he go back, and then the other one ran. So the other one got slapped by the belt. That's why I saw then after they, they split each other because we heard the sound of police. Someone said, police is coming, police is coming. Then they run off, yeah. Justin, what's the latest on the investigation? Well, uh, the 18-year-old victim is currently in a stable condition in the hospital. His injuries have been described as non-life-threatening. Four people have been arrested on suspicion of a fray. Two 17-year-old boys and two men aged 18 and 19. Uh, they're all currently in custody. And again, to go back to the original point, I, I would love to say that, that I'm really shocked by this, but, but sadly, uh, working in Luton like I have been for so many years, I have to say, sadly, Ian, I'm not shocked by this story. Very sad news indeed, Justin. Thank you very much indeed. Every night I hope and pray A dream lover will come my way Cause I want a girl to call my own I want a dream lover so I don't have to dream alone Dream lover, where are you with a love oh so true And the hand that I can hold feel you near as I grow Having a look at the A1 Great North Road and it's moving well at the moment around the Black Hat roundabout through those roadworks that could cause some delays later on this morning though. In Watford, the Hempstead Road has some roadworks in place at Langley Way. The stop and go boards there so that could cause some delays as well. Having a look at the North Orbital Road that's starting to look a little bit busy around the Shell roundabout and in Palmer's Green on the North Circular Road that's looking very slow between the Clockhouse Interchange and Bounds Green Road. Moving fine though on the M25 between Junction 24 for Potter's Bar and 23 for the A1 
1M where there was an accident earlier on. There's no reports of any problems at the moment on the train. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. New guidelines are recommending home births for 45% of all pregnant women. Harfordshire police are carrying out their own investigation into their contact with a woman from Hatfield who was murdered by her husband. The Chancellor, George Osborne, is expected to announce details of a £900 million loan to small high street businesses in today's autumn statement. And four teenagers remain in custody after a fight in Luton Town Centre yesterday lunchtime in which one man was stabbed. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes Dons are up to third in League One after a 1-0 victory at Sheffield United with Delhi Alley scoring the winner three minutes from time. The Dons had Danny Green sent off in stoppage time but it was a good night for manager Carl Robinson. The players to come here and win 1-0 is we did it last year another clean sheet, another goal and our tally and I don't know what that does externally but we said to the players we weren't great. I don't think we've done that often enough come to big teams and, and won a game like that and that's just a sign of hopefully where, the way things can happen for us in forthcoming games because that's as good as it gets. In last night's Premier League match Manchester United beat Stoke 2-1 at Old Trafford. Liverpool won 3-1 at Leicester with Stephen Gerrard among the scorers. His manager, Brendan Rodgers. I thought he was outstanding tonight. Great energy, great freshness in his legs. Uh, ball comes out to him and there's not too many better in that position. Great composure for the finish. And I thought his, his contribution in the game was vital for us. And even at 3-1, you know, in, in the game, looking comfortable, it never is. So you've got to see it right the way through. And in fairness to the players, they did that magnificently. Elsewhere, Swansea beat QPR 2-0. West Ham won 2-1 at West Brom. Aston Villa won 1-0 at Crystal Palace and Burnley and Newcastle drew 1-all. Tonight's games include leaders Chelsea at home to Tottenham, Arsenal at home to Southampton and Manchester City away to Sunderland. In non-league football, in FA Trophy replays, Bedford Town lost 3-2 after extra time at Western Supermare. St Albans lost 3-0 at Wealdstone. In the Southern League Premier, Chesham won 3-0 at Alsey. Hitchin won 7-3 at Biggleswade. The funeral of the Australian cricketer Philip Hughes has taken place in his hometown of Maxville, north of Sydney. The Australia captain, Michael Clark, led the tributes. Philip's spirit, which is now part of our game forever, will act as a custodian of the sport we all love. We must listen to it. We must cherish it. We must learn from it. And England's cricketers start their third one-day international in Sri Lanka at nine o'clock this morning, our time. England have lost the first two matches in the series. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, guess give us a shout. Okay. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Or I'll come round and break your arm. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper. Give us a shout. You yeah. hear a whisper? Ian Lee. Give us a shout. It's cool. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. What are you trying to say there? There's a hidden there's a hidden message in there, Kells. I wonder. I'm busy. Listen, I'm very, very busy. Yes. So could you all go away? I've just seen there is a local company from Luton that are making uh they're remaking ZX Spectrum computers. What for? For fun and games. Are they going to put the tape in? For S&G. No, you don't need the tapes. The games will be stored in the computer. Oh. And I'm going to get... Can we get them on? Have they got OutRun on there? 
Yeah, uh, yeah, they've got like a thousand games on it. And they've got Saboteur. Yeah, they've got Saboteur, got all of it. Alex the Kid? No, mate, because first of all, it's called Alex Kid, and secondly, that was on the Sega Mega Drive. Have they got it, though? No! Mm. I used to really like a show-jumping game on mine as well. Of course you would, because you're a girl. Pac-Man? Here's the thing. Sonic. Made that noise. Pac-Man. I met the fella that invented Pac-Man, right? He's, he was a little bit strange. He claims he, inv- he invented it when he, ha- he was having a pizza and he took a slice of pizza and oh, Puckman. He didn't. That's a made-up story. They used to call it. They used to call it in Japan. It's called. It was called Puckman. Why? Well, that was the name. Oh, bless you. Does it but mean they something? changed it to Pac-Man mm-hmm. because people would go and um, draw a black line through the per, so it, it, the per wasn't a f. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Aren't and people strange? Their argument, right, for, for Pac-Man was it was a game for girls because... Because oh, of the colours? Because, no, because what do girls like doing? They like shopping and eating. Oh, this wow. was their argument. They told me this. The, the Japanese dudes told me this. They like shopping and eating, so Pac-Man is the perfect game for girls. Anyway, uh, they're making a ZX Spectrum. It's Luton. It's local. As you know, I am a big supporter of local industry. I want these guys on my show. OK. So I'm going to tweet them. What have you got in the papes? Um, some things. I've seen Madonna's boobs again this morning. Hey. I thought we were over that. I mean, I've seen them a million. I grew up with those boobs, but yep. they seem to have changed colour somewhat. Um, what would you call that? Mauve? Anyway. Th- uh, those, I mean, they, yeah, without, you know, being too graphic, those are strange looking nipples. I think she's done that on purpose to give us a talking point, because to be honest, we've seen those tidal puppies quite a lot. Yeah, I think, I listen, I think for 56 quid, no, 56 years old. Excellent. Great. Excellent. Good for her. Go Madge. Madge, listen, right, she get just, are you still there or have you gone? He's gone, okay. I just read it on the screen and I assume it, but 56, I, everyone, she, everyone gives her a rough ride. Do you know what not, I mean? Not so much. Not so much these days. I think she's cracking, Madonna. Yeah, I think she's cracking. It's a shame that that's that's it. That's still the uh, major selling point, though, isn't it? Wonderful. Really? Wonderful. Yeah, I think it's great. Good for her. But in, have you seen this new picture though? She looks like she put a bra on the one, wrong way round. Yeah, yeah, I know. Someone needs to give her a little bit of guidance there. But that can happen as you get on. Uh, Butcher works his fingers to the bone. Oh no, this is going to be horrible, isn't it? No, it unfortunately isn't. It's boring. Oh, is he not chopping his fingers off? No, he hasn't. I was imagining blue plasters in the sausages. Can I ask, dear listener, uh, your um, uh, chopping off extremities stories? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We've all got stories, apart from me, uh, about me. A, a granddad that um, chopped his finger off at work, or a friend of a friend um, lost a finger oh, in woodwork. Yeah. You've got one. Yep, yep, yep. Go on. Mine. And uh, yeah, he's lost his um, little finger beautiful. and the sort of uh, wedding ring finger. Oh, beautiful. And he forgets, right? Oh. But he remembered when he tried to brush some carrots off his chopping board and moved his hand across and they were still there. Oh, hey! Kels, <laughs> have any of your friends lost an extremity? And it can be toes, fingers, winkies and nose. Or hair. Well, include hair in this, actually. Fingers, they're extremities. I said fingers. No, you said winkies, not pinkies. I said fingers. There's a second thing I said. All right, carry on. Kelly? No. Okay, 08459 555555. When have you lost your extremities? Yes. Butcher works his fingers to the bone. Peter 80 hasn't had a holiday for nearly 60 years. Get over yourself. That's the chair. Well. No, by Cyril Dixon. You don't get anyone called... You don't meet any baby Cyrils, do you? Are there any baby Cyrils out there? The number one name, here we go, the number one boy's name in Britain in 2014, Muhammad. Where's Cyril in the top ten? No Cyril, it's Muhammad. Make no bones about it, Peter Park... Alan is another one you don't hear so much. Alan, 
Um, oh, my, uh, talking about Japanese, my, my Japanese, when I was learning Japanese, my Japanese teacher married a Scotsman. Yeah. And, uh, and she, I, I can't remember her name. She was so delightful. And um, she got in touch with me uh, ages after I stopped having lessons saying she'd had a baby. So, mm-hmm. Oh, great, great. What's the baby called? Alan. <laughs> call a baby Alan. Baby Alan. You can't call a baby Alan. Although if I had a dog, I'd call it Alan. You kind of... Well, Alan's a good name. Why would you call it... I just like really normal blokes' names for dogs. Yeah, like, I know what you mean. Um, Steve. You can't... You, you, you become you can, you can become Alan when you're 37. Yeah. You, you don't... You, there, you there don't are grow no up, Alan. Baby. But the number one name in this uh, country in 2014 uh, for babies, Mohammed. Mm-hmm. No Cyrils. No Alans. No. What's the world coming to? Anyway, this fella hasn't had a holiday for a long time. about Whitney Houston, isn't it? It's quite sad. Who's it, who else is it sad about? I don't know if it's sad about Michael Jackson. 
Yeah. I don't know if it's sad it's about... It's always sad. I don't know if it's sad about Michael Jackson. It's not always sad. It is. It's not always sad. It's always sad. sad when someone dies of something other than um, old age. Uh, Hitler? All right, apart from Hitler. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there are... They're not, it's not always sad. Uh, Although Hitler, he could have been brought to book for his crimes. Uh, so you're saying it was sad that Hitler died? Could have... Yeah. So Whitney Houston, it was sad. Because uh, of the lack of vengeance. It wasn't sad for Michael Jackson. Yeah, it was. It was sad for George Harrison. Yeah. Oh, lovely George. Who he, wasn't it sad for as well? Um, Saddam Hussein? Well, I, I think we should maybe stick with pop stars. Okay. Before entering the world of... Uh, well, you brought Hitler into this. John? Yes? Who wasn't it sad for? Sorry? Who wasn't it sad for? No, I, I thought you about the lost, lost uh, finger. Oh, go on, you've lost, sorry, you've lost an extremity, have you? Yes, in 1992 I was busy on a machine and uh, somebody turned electricity on and my ring finger was like a piece of beef jerky. Oi! <laughs> Whoa! Now, John, what, at, what, at what point did you realise what was happening? Well, in South Africa, you've got a, uh, a person that carries your tools with you, and yes. he knocked my hand off the machine. Oof. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been here today. It was 550 volts. Flipping it. Uh, uh, did you lose the finger? Well, it was, it was badly burned. It's oh. like cremated, so they uh, had to amputate it. Did you? I've got to ask, John. I recently trapped my finger in a car door and I had a black fingernail. I loved it. Catherine hated it. Did your f- entire finger go black? Well, it was, like a, it was like a piece of beef jerky. The doctor, when I went to see the doctor that day, he took a scalp and sliced it off like a slice of... Uh, John, thank you very much indeed. Good morning. Happy breakfast, everyone. Here we go. This is this is it. The show magic is just starting now at six forty-three. Thank you to John. When have you lost you or someone you know or a friend of a friend who'd lost an extremity? Fingers, toes, naughty bits, hair, nose, eyelashes. When has a part of your body... Eyelashes, no. That's an extremity. Some people some people lose their eyelashes. My auntie Linda cut hers off, thinking they grow back thicker. When has a part of your body been a different colour? Oh. Yeah, I know. Now that, if we, if that goes, that's going to be it. That's the one. 08459 555. When has a part of your body been a different colour? When I broke His my arm. His finger was like beef jerky. The doctor was slicing what? bits off and tasting it. No, I didn't hear that bit. No, I did. In my head. Ooh. When, I can't beat that one, but when I broke my arm as a kid, when they took the plaster off, my arm was a really weird colour. What colour? Just try and describe like it. A, like a really pale yellow. Yeah. And it's... Yeah. Dank. Oh, stinky arm. Ever had a, a real black eye? No. Oh, man, it's just the coolest thing. It is just the coolest thing. It goes, it's, it's red, it's black, it's purple, it's green. It's amazing. It stays for ages. This is great. This, this really is going to be award-winning radio this morning. When have you lost an extremity or when has uh, a part of your body been a different colour? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
having a look across the speed sensors and it's not looking too bad at the moment and having a look in Bidenham on the A428 it's moving fine through the roadworks so there is one lane closed there at the Branston Way so that could cause some problems later on this morning and High Wycombe things are moving well at the moment through the roadworks on Chapel Lane at the junction for Gallows Lane checking the motorways and no reports any problems on the M4 but the M25 anti-clockwise is starting to build up at junction 20 for Kings Langley and further away on the M25 anti-clockwise there are two lanes closed between the Brook Street roundabouts and junction 27 for the M11 that's causing queues uh, around there having a look at the trains and London Midland have a replacement bus service running between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey for engineering works that's planned and that's going on until the end of the month Samantha Braff BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you very much indeed 6.46, it's Wednesday the 3rd of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. New guidelines are recommending home births for 45% of all pregnant women. Four teenagers remain in custody after a fight in Luton Town Centre yesterday lunchtime in which one man was stabbed. And Milton Keynes Dons are up to third in League One after a 1-0 victory at Sheffield United. We're asking why does everybody hate the MK Dons? Also, uh, losing extremities and when have parts of your body been different colours? 08459 555555. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. For many of us, it looks like we could have a bit of brightness this morning. Temperatures fairly chilly as the sky cleared of cloud overnight. Some places have a sparkle or two of frost. Further west you go, really. So out towards uh, places like High Wycombe, for example, you could be scraping ice from your windscreen, depending on where you are, up a hill or not. Elsewhere, we're around two or three Celsius. So it's a chilly start. Should get some sunshine first thing. But the cloud is going to increase through today. We may see one or two outbreaks of rain moving in from the east also. Temperatures struggling too. Northeasterly breeze means we've got temperatures up to around 9 Celsius if we're lucky. Now overnight tonight, mostly cloudy, which does prevent the temperature from dropping down too far, hovering above zero around 2 or 3 Celsius. A similar start to tomorrow, quite cloudy around, quite cloudy or a lot of cloud around, one or two spots of rain, just a bit of drizzle really, nuisance rain. Temperatures again struggling, just 8 Celsius for Thursday. That's your forecast. Every weekday from three. Good afternoon, welcome to the show. Local people. What's your story? Seems there's a law for them and then there's one for the press. And I disagree with what they're saying. Local views. In some cases, sort of 40% loss in value of their properties. Has Kelly Luton got it right? There is a responsibility when you're paid from the public purse. Local life. Do you want to know how much my carer's allowance goes up by every April when the tax year changes? Two quid. Roberto Peroni. And is it fair target people on benefits. Weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. Justin. Wow, that is cold out here today, boss. So what? Just saying. Well, no, I don't care. No, I'm just saying, okay? Oh, I don't care though, mate. It's your, it's, it's your job. You get, you get paid handsomely for this. Wow, well, not handsomely. Have you put a coat on? Are you still out there in your posh jacket? No, I've got a, a posh jacket. I've got a posh coat and a posh scarf and some posh gloves. The thing about your posh coat, mm. really smart coat. Yeah. Not warm enough, mate. No, I know. You've I gone know. for style over heat. You know what I mean, Kat? Style over substance. It's yeah. a nice coat. Mm. Look, did he look good today when he came in? He looks sharp. Genu- genuinely look brilliant. Thank you. Uh, but that coat is not going to protect him out there. You're a <laughs> mum. Tell him what you be doing. You should definitely. Did you put it on before you went out? 
What's that? Your coat. Uh, uh, yes, I did, yeah. Right, now you wait till you're out the door and then you put your coat on. You won't feel the benefit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's you want something true. thicker, probably waterproof. I know it's not a fashion parade, what? Justin. Waterproof? Oh, imagine Justin a waterproof. Come <laughs> on, guys, come on. Here's what my, uh, my dad used to do. I think I mentioned this before when he was a kid. Is uh, My nanny Peg would cook him a jacket potato and then uh, he would put it in his pocket to act as like a, um, a hot water bottle. It would keep him warm all through the morning on his way to school and at school. Then he'd eat it for lunch. <laughs> Isn't that, uh, that, that's, that's, that's in the 1950s, that is 60s. That's a great vibe. There's a good vibe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I like that. Justin, stay there. We're asking. Have you ever lost an extremity? Um, Bit of your body? Ever lost a finger? or Fallen off uh, or been cut off? Uh, no. I, I once had, uh, I think it was a green line fracture, and I turned into the, the Incredible Hulk what? for a week. Yeah. Hang on a minute. There's a, gr- a green line fracture? Is that what they're called? I don't know, because it sounds like you've made that. There's, there is a thing where you can you turn green? Yeah. Okay, well, we're asking when have you turned different colours. <laughs> so, obviously, if you've got the, the old jaundice, you yeah. turn yellow. Really yep. dirty, a mustard yellow. And you, there is a disease that you had that turned you green. It's not a disease. What I did, I, I was pretending that I was a monkey many, many years ago um. and I, I was swinging from, from the stairs at home and I jumped down and I broke my arm so that they, they put it into like a, a cast for a week or so. Uh, they then took that off and my arm, the whole of my arm was green mm. and I swear it was called a green line fracture but wow. what really hurt me was that I missed the cup final, the Cubs uh. cup final. I was the star striker, wow. sweet left foot, in swinging balls, oh, I missed sorry. the what? final. Oh, this is this is the best thing we've ever done, right? Aidan has, has emailed in. I have no reason to doubt this. Dear Ian, my auntie Jean sneezed so hard that her eyebrows flew off. <laughs> <laughs> I kid thee not. It was the funniest thing ever. It happened in Ireland when I was 22. <laughs> is that possible? No. Sounds amazing. All right, right Justin, uh, stay there. James is in Milton Keynes. Morning, James. Good morning, Ian. How are you doing? I'm, I'm good, thank you. You've lost an extremity, have you? Well, not quite. I haven't got a toenail on my big toe. You haven't? Have you ever had a toenail on your big toe? Yes, I used to suffer from ingrowing toenails a lot, yeah. um, and they said if we remove it, it will grow back properly. So it, they hit it, I went through the operation, and it didn't grow back properly. So I asked them to completely remove it and get rid of it, because it just caused too much uh, discomfort. James, this is, we're going to let you go, James, it's not a great lie, but I tell you what, that's a great story. <laughs> that is a great... We have had two calls this morning... Top notch, John and James discussing. That is that is wonderful. He's got no toe. You hate my finger. I'm missing half a fingernail. Although yeah, it's growing that's back. That's growing now. back. That's fine now. That's not. Uh, but when if, thank you, James. Excellent call, mate. When, when have it you was lost? Black and you still waggle it in my face. I didn't like it. You much. loved it. When have you lost uh, an extremity? Uh, and when has your body been different colours? This is wonderful. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Have we got anything for Justin? Well, maybe this. Go I think on. maybe this one or not. What do you think? Breastfeeding. Yeah. I'm bored of breastfeeding. Well, stop it. You're too old. <laughs> no, the thing about the breastfeeding thing is, I don't know if you've seen this story, Just. Mm. Uh, We've been told mom, to cover up in Claridges. Got told to cover up in Claridges. Yeah. She was breastfeeding. I, I just every three months there's a breastfeeding story, and we do a phone in. Should you be upset by? Breastfeeding and yep. and shall I have the last word on it? Can I? The la- cat's last oh, word. Looking forward to this. Here we go. It's go what on. they're for. Grow up.
I was expecting it to be a bit longer than that. No, nope, that's it. If it's, I'm it's what they're for. Grow up. As long as they're not hanging out, you know, she was being quite uh, subtle about it. Well done her. I couldn't do it because uh, my kids liked whipping uh, whatever I was trying to cover up with off and giving everyone good old flash. I'm, I'm right. To, we're, we're right not to do the breasts. Yeah. It's, we, we do. It's a, it, there's, I mean, there's a great story about Russell Brand as well. Have you seen this? Yes. He, he was interviewed on uh, Channel 4 um, uh, about... Um, here it is. And I think it's fair to say a couple of the papers have got it in for him. He was interviewed on, on Channel 4 about... Uh, he's standing up for some uh, um, families. They're paying something like 650 quid a yeah. month rent. It, it's going to go up to £2,000 a month. Obviously, the, they'll, be cu- they'll be kicked out of their homes. Because that's the going rate in that part right. of London, apparently. So he's sticking up for them. And there was a really weird interview on Channel 4 where, I'll be honest, Russell Brand came across as a bit of a plum at the end when he got nasty. He lost his temper. He got nasty. It was, it was quite unpleasant. But the papers are now laying into him calling him uh, a hypocrite and a liar because he lives in a luxury apartment and pays something like £76,000 a year rent. Why you'd pay that much rent, I have no idea. Um, He rants against high rents and tax avoidance, but he pays £76,000 a year to tax dodge landlords. So they're talking about his landlords. It's not. They're not suggesting he's dodging tax. Yeah. So he's 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 doing nothing inappropriate. Apart from living in an expensive house, we can afford. But rich people are allowed to stand up for poor people, aren't they? Yeah, I'd say so. Aren't they? Is it? I, I don't know what the question is. Just. I think. I think the question has got to be something like this. Russell Brand is a very, very funny man. I think that, that there's no denying that. But. Well, well, some people would disagree. Just recently, okay. Just recently, he's becoming a lot more political on a number of TV programs, radio programs. What's people? People's perception now of Russell Brand. Maybe something like that. I don't Josh, know. Should, he, should he stick to comedy? Uh, something yeah. like that. I think that'd be a good one, Just. Okay. I'll speak to you later on. Thank care, you very much indeed. We got. Oh, dear. Uh, Brian? Yes, good morning, Neil. Good morning, Brian. You've called in uh, about Justin D. Lee's medical. Look at the phones have gone mental. <laughs> well, you talk yeah, medical it's... conditions. I know. Well, well Justin had a, a, a condition that made him go green. Is that possible? Uh, well, he said he thought it was a, a green. Um, green uh, line fracture. Uh, yeah, it's called a. A green stick fracture, and it happened to my um, son broke his arm at yeah. a chess tournament. Whoa! <laughs> sounds like that tournament got rough. <laughs> well, he used to. I used to encourage him to go to chess tournaments because they played football in the in between uh. games, and uh, he was playing. He was very young then. He was playing yeah. with bigger boys, and he was in goal. And uh, the ball broke his uh, wrist, and uh, I took him to hospital. He had it set, but I took him back for the last round. Get in there, Brian. That's (laughs) what. But you had a green stick fracture, just. It was a green stick, was it? Okay. You don't sound convinced. Well, either way, I turned green. I I felt like I was the Incredible Hulk for about uh, a week or so. To be fair, it felt good. (laughs) Thank you, Justin. (laughs) Now, Robbie. Yes. It says on my screen what you're going to say to me. Yes. If this is true, then this knocks uh, uh, Auntie Jean's eyebrows into a cocked hat. What happened? So, uh, my grandfather, it was, it was during the Second World War, he was what was called a Bevan boy, which meant that he, he went down the mine instead yeah. of going to, to war. And um, he, was, he was down the mines and... Um, there was two cave-ins on one day, basically because the whole thing was fairly unstable, and so they, they they got everyone out. And as he was coming out, he was pushing a cart, and there was another kind of cave-in, and a beam came down um, right on the bridge of his nose and knocked his nose clean off his face. What? 
Yes. What, and sliced it off? Like, sliced the whole thing off. Youch! And so, he, um, what, what he kind of rather nonchalantly did was pick, picked his nose up, put it in his pocket, um, got, got out of the mine, um, and it was only about, he, went, he basically got himself sorted, kind of checked himself in and all that sort of stuff when he got up to the surface and then went to the hospital and they, they kind of, Sewed it back on. Now, now, ah, now. come on! This is the things that granddads tell grandchildren. Gra- exactly. They can't. They can't sew a nose back on. They can. Do you believe? I don't want to. Spe- I'm assuming your granddad's no longer with us, and I don't want to speak ill of the dead. But um, are you no, sure he wasn't? He wasn't bullshining you. Is he still alive? Yeah. Oh, good for him. But Robbie, before you go, yeah. How does your granddad smell? Um, rather bad. Thank you very much indeed, ladies and gentlemen. I was hoping he would, and he did. I don't know if I believe that. He that- knocked his nose off. <laughs> <laughs> he put it in his pocket. They can't sew a nose back on. There's no purchase. What is a nose? A nose is just gristle. But then you've got cartilage. I mean, that's what, you know. Man, this is, this is the best phoning we've they ever done. They could make done. you one if you still had your bones there. 08459 455 555, dear listener. We're asking for your stories of losing extremities. Uh, and also, when has... Uh, <laughs> his nose in his pocket. <laughs> My pocket stinks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when has different parts of your body been different colours? Let's see if we can get a whole rainbow of bodies, shall we? We've had uh, yellow for the jaundice. We've had green uh, for Justin Dealey. Uh, what have you got? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Chesant on the A10 southbound, it's looking very heavy at the moment between Turford, Turnford and the M25 junction 25 for Enfield. And in St Albans, having a look at Park Street, the A414, it's looking quite busy on the speed sensors around the Park Street roundabout at the moment. In Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road, it's starting to look very busy around the M25 junction 21A roundabout. And in Boreham Wood, the Barnet Bypass is queuing now between Barnet Way and the Stirling Corner. In having a look at the M25 anticlockwise, it's looking quite heavy around junction 20 for Kingsland and on the trains London Midlands services between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey are having a replacement bus service there instead. That's for ongoing engineering works until the end of December. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Samantha. So, we've lost eyebrows, we've lost a nose, uh, which I'm not totally sure about. We've lost a toenail. When have you lost extremities? Fingers... Nose, eyelashes, hair. Doesn't have to be you. And also, when has your body been different colours? We've had uh, green from Justin. We've had purple from Scott. What colour has your body been? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, home births recommended in new guidelines, Hearts Police to review Hatfield murder case and victory for Milton Keynes Dons. BBC Three Counties Radio. New guidelines are recommending home births for 45% of all pregnant women. The National Institute for Health and Care Excellence says it's safer for women considered at a low risk from complications to give birth with the help of midwives rather than in hospital with doctors. Professor Susan Bewley helped develop the new recommendations. We don't know why the interventions are higher in hospital. It might be that 
women are frightened, it might be that it's not homely, it might be that the care is more fragmented or doctors are going too far. But what we do know is that for women who are low risk and straightforward, being in a midwifery-led setting gives better outcomes for the mother. Hertfordshire police are carrying out their own investigation into their contact with a woman from Hatfield who was murdered by her husband. Medina Landsberg had been in touch with police over claims of domestic violence before she was killed in June. More from Gail Sanderson. 34-year-old Dexter Landsberg was on bail for assaulting his wife and damaging her mobile phone two months before he killed her. Police referred the case to the Independent Police Complaints Commission, which asked Hertfordshire to carry out their own local investigation. They could then refer the case back to the IPCC if they found any more evidence. Yesterday at St Albans Crown Court, Landsberg pleaded guilty to murder. He's due to be sentenced later this month. The Chancellor, George Osborne, will deliver his autumn statement to Parliament today. He'll announce plans to lend £900 million to small companies and start a review of business rates, which are seen as holding back high street stores competing with websites. Labour says he's failed to honour promises to wipe out the deficit before the election in May. Four teenagers remain in custody after a fight in Luton Town Centre yesterday lunchtime in which one man was stabbed. The 18-year-old suffered serious but not life-threatening injuries and is in a stable condition in hospital. The fight involved a large group of men, some armed with knives and using their belts as weapons. Three people, including a boy, were taken to hospital as a precaution after a kitchen fire in Buckingham yesterday evening. Fire crews were called just after 5pm to Deerfield Close after a box was placed on a hob which was then accidentally switched on. In sport, Milton Keynes Dons are up to third in League One after a 1-0 victory at Sheffield United. Danny Green, right-footed, drives it low, rebound for Benneke Fomin, it's in the back of the net! It's Deli Alley, has got the goal! What could be the winner for Milton Keynes Dons? Sheffield United nil, MK Dons won! And the funeral of the Australian cricketer Philip Hughes has taken place in his hometown of Maxville, north of Sydney. The weather, another mostly cloudy day with further showery rain, another cold northeast wind, a maximum temperature 9 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties Today on BBC Three Counties Radio from nine, the JVS show looking at the day's biggest topics, bringing local stories to life and tackling your consumer problems from 12. Nick Coffer. Paul Phillips was left as a high-level tetraplegic after a car accident two years ago. Today he tells me his story from 3. Roberto Peroni. The best stories as they happen every single afternoon and the greatest talking points from 7. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Try again. Morning. It turns if you turn the microphone on, it makes it easier to, to broadcast. Yep. Who would have thought that? Everyone. I'm bunged up and I've not got my Vicks. Blow it. <laughs> it's not one of those that you can blow. Oh. Yeah. Lots to talk about on this morning. Catherine Boyle, what have we got? We're talking about um, how nice reckon it's probably safer to have your baby at home or in a midwife-led unit than in hospital. He wants fewer of us to, to be giving birth in hospital. Apparently 90% at the moment are having their babies in hospital. Why would anyone want to have a baby at home? That's what I'd like. If you've done it or if you, you, you would prefer to do it, I, call me because I don't get it. Just the carpet alone. Hey. For heaven's sake. Oh, we're also talking about uh, yes. this uh, four men arrested in Luton yesterday. Oh, yeah. A 
after a fight in broad daylight. Uh, and we're asking, when have you lost uh, extremities from your body? Or changed colour. Or when has your body changed colour? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties and Radio. It's funny, the phones have been a bit quiet the last week or so. We had more phone calls in the first uh, hour. I saw Kelly just uh, taking loads of phone calls than we've had in the last two weeks. Turns out all we had to ask was what bit of you's fallen off. (laughs) We've had eyebrows flew off during a sneeze. I don't believe that. That's I mean, that's a cartoon ante, that. It's the detail that Aidan goes into. This is the email, right? My auntie Jean sneezed so hard, her eyebrows flew off. Okay, well, if it ended there, it'd be a joke. But then he carries on. I kid thee not. It was the funniest thing ever. It happened in Ireland when I was 22. Well, you think the specifics make it true? Yeah, no, I do. No, I, I think do. sometimes that amount of detail shows the lie. The fella whose granddad's nose fell off. I don't buy that one. I'm not buying in that one. In a mine. Yeah, he put the nose in his pocket and they went to the hospital. Sewed and it back on? No, I don't. That's an organ. That's not going to work again, is it? No, I don't. Well, John Wayne Bobbitt. He, oh. he made a career in the movies after that. Yeah. Yeah. Say movies. I mean, wow. Yeah. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Any texts before we uh, we we crack? We have. On? Uh, you asked earlier on why uh, people hate the MK Dons. I don't know football. All I know is that every time MK Dons are mentioned, people kind of disgusting. Why? Why do people hate them so much? Maffin Hanslope says the MK Dons bought their league position rather than coming up through the non-leagues, and many years earlier tried to steal Luton Town. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay, so there's beef there. All right, well, we'll talk about that more there in a bit. There is beef. Okay. I've also got a text about uh, the maternity recommendations. Oh, yeah. Do you should we, should we come to that in a bit? Let's yeah. come to that in a bit. All right, we'll look forward to that. Uh, as Kath said, 90% of babies are born in hospital these days, but it's not necessarily the safest option. That's according to the National Institute for Health and Care Excellent. Nice. Their latest guidelines suggest that as long as it's not your first baby and your pregnancy is low risk, well, you'll be better off giving birth at home or in a midwife-led unit. Well, Andrew Cantor from Welling Garden City joins me now. Morning, Andrew. Good morning. You've got a special uh, interest in maternity care. Well, th- tell me what happened. Well, it's, it's almost ten years ago now that um, uh, we were expecting our, our first child. We were very excited about it, and uh, uh, we'd uh, talked a lot about our, our birth plan and, uh, you know, put it all together. My wife, Rachel, was very keen to have as natural a birth as possible. Um, So we opted for a um, a midwife-led unit uh, in Edgware, which was very new. Uh, We knew it didn't have a um, a maternity unit uh, attached to it. And uh, when we were doing the tour, and uh, we, you know, it all looked very nice, and uh, and it was exactly what we wanted. And we said, well, you know, what what happens if, if anything goes wrong? And they said, well, uh, things very rarely do go wrong, but if, if, if they do, you're only seven minutes away from uh, the nearest hospital. Um, so if you, we fast forward a few months, um, Rachel's going, gone into labour. We, we arrive at the birthing unit um, late at night, and, late, uh, and Rachel labours through the night. And in the morning, uh, she's in the birthing pool, and uh, the midwife said, look, I'm, I'm just detecting a... Uh, a decline in the, the heartbeat. I'm just going to get you out. And uh, after examination, said, "Well, I, I think we need to we need to transfer you um, because uh, it sounds like the baby's in a bit of distress." So, I mean, and I was like, "Well, okay, well, it's only a few minutes away." But when the when the ambulance guys turned up, they said, "Well, where are we going? Are we going to Barnet or are we going to Chase Farm?" And uh, 
subsequently it turned out the Barnet was too busy to take admission. So instead of it being a seven-minute journey, it was a, a 27-minute journey. And uh, unfortunately, due to the time delays, um, the, the baby was still born. So uh, mm. it was a, a tragic end, if you like. To, uh, well, yeah. Would, are, you, are you confident that um, your... Uh, it was your son, wasn't it? Are you confident right, that yours... Yeah. Sorry, what was his name? Jake. Are you confident that Jake would have uh, been born uh, normally if you'd been able to get to, to the first hospital? Well, I mean, I suppose it's very difficult to, to say that exactly, but what we have done through uh, the investigation that, that took place is the, the uh, head of uh, obstetrician at Barnet said it was likely that he would have survived had oh. we got to Barnet and the baby had been delivered within the, the specified time. So... Um, you know, I, I think when when you look at the guidelines that uh, you know we've been discussing, pregnancies, yes, they they do start out straightforward, but a, a low risk pregnancy beca- can become very high risk in 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 a very short period of time. You know, Rachel was a a personal trainer; she was very fit, she was very healthy, she had a, a classic um, pregnancy journey. She was low risk, but. Um, at the end of it, we didn't get the result we we expected, and um, I think it's very easy to say that you know too many people are are going to hospital. But I think you've got to kind of think about the the outcomes, and I think you've got to think about the information, get the, all the information you need at the right time, and uh, make the informed decision. Nice aren't nice are suggesting they're not recommending this for first baby. So I, I believe Jake was your your first baby. So that would have yeah. would have fallen out of there. But you're right. But a pregnancy could be fine right up until the last five minutes, and you just don't know what's going to happen, do you? No, that's right. I, I think we always say that there are no guarantees when it comes to childbirth, um, and that's something we've worked with the Royal College of Midwives with, and uh, you know, produced documents and leaflets to to explain uh, the situation. But you know, the majority of pregnancies do end um, end well, and uh, but there are instances where they don't. So I, I think. I understand the guidelines are, are based on evidence, they're based on data, but I also think that um, it's very much down to the individual uh, and, and in respect that, um, you know, you've really got to do your homework, if you like, and, and understand what uh, the, the options are. Because even even though we were said, you know, that the transfer, it time was uh you know a few minutes it didn't turn out that way so mm. you know when you are when you are asking those questions it's not asking about you know does you know is there a cost for using the car park it's actually does the unit close and how many times does it close so you know you've got to kind of really dig down and uh, and understand particularly in the first when, when it's your first child because you are as we were pretty naive parents yeah. and uh, prospective parents as it were andrew i, I appreciate you uh, sharing yours and uh, jake's story with us thank you Ian. no problem thanks very much for your time thanks. oh dear makes you think doesn't it eh? makes you think Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What a nice gentleman! What a nice gentleman! Yeah, we've had. Uh, he's really nice. Andrew what well, it makes you think, doesn't it? Eh? But you know, well, aren't we blessed with our, our two little kids each? Yeah. 
Uh, we've had an anonymous um, message here from a team midwife. Oh, yeah. So these are the people who are the spotlights on this morning because they're the ones who are going to be taking the strain if uh, more of us uh, decide that we're going to have babies in midwife-led units or at home. Um, she says, just a quickie, I'm a teen midwife trying to support women having their babies at home, but we always end up being called into the unit as it's so badly staffed because of financial cuts. This means that we're not always available to support home birth. Cuts have caused huge problems within maternity services. We've got five midwives leaving at the end of this month, three going on to other professions because morale is so bad it's such a shame because we're all very dedicated but also knackered yeah uh yeah I, it's it just smacks to me of money saving don't go to hospital guys the oh. choice has always been there you yeah know, I, well, my eldest is six uh, six now and so even then they were talking about water births and midwife-led units and what would you like i mean the first time around you take their guidance maybe maybe that should be um wider because first time around you just want them to tell you what you should do for the best don't you Second time around, you feel like you can take it on a bit more yourself. Oh, wait, 459 555 is the uh, phone number. We're also asking about when bits of your extremities have dropped off. I've got a missing bits text. There we go. My sister lost her eyebrows. Missing bits, that's what we call it. Missing bits, genius. (laughs) This is from Helen Milton Keynes. My sister lost her eyebrows, fringe and hair at the side when she was leaning over the hob. (laughs) to light a sneaky cigarette I beat the flames out and we had to come up with a plausible excuse for mum I don't think she believed us also I had a green stick fracture as a child had jaundice a few years ago and turned a rainbow of colours after I fell out of the loft two years ago fantastic Helen Milton Keynes has done it all there is um, there's nothing better than the smell and the texture of burnt eyebrows and singed fringe I did I singed my fringe on the Bunsen burner at school ever singed your fringe Kels Um... singed fringe Singe fringe, anyone? Don't think so. Singe fringe, oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, You see five. it shrivel before your eyes. Yeah, yeah, it goes... And then just brushes off. Yeah, I love it, love it. And, and I, you know, and I, while I would never wish this on anybody at all, would never wish this on anybody, who knew that the human body was capable of producing such beautiful colours? Uh, it's unique when, oh, a, when an old lady has, has, has bruised her leg. Oh, well, hang on, where do you think I was going? I didn't know. No, exactly. When an old person bruises their leg, it's a tragedy and I'm not wishing it on anyone. I bruise like that. Well, you're, exactly, like when an old lady <laughs> it goes bruises her leg. to green to yellow. As I said, when an old lady bruises her leg, it is the most amazing... Mi- I think there are colours in there that humans haven't even named yet. I bruise like a peach. <laughs> and yes, I heard you calling me an old lady three times. Thank you very much indeed. You, you, uh, the reason I'm laughing at uh, uh, Peach is because... Um, <laughs> oh, yesterday. You, I'm trying to find the email. No, don't read that out. Can I not we've read that? We've moved on since then. We've grown up. Well, uh, can I not read that one out? What day was it yesterday? Tuesday. It was uh, what do you call your bits. What do you call your bits? Oh, I don't think I've deleted it because I was... Uh, I can remember exactly what they called it. Got, uh, this was the, the man was talking about his daughters when they were young, what they used to call his daughters bits... Peachy portions. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, it's starting to look quite heavy now around Junction 13 for Milton Keynes South. And on the M25 anti-clockwise looking at speed sensors, it's very slow between Junction 18 for Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. Also looking very busy now on the North Orbital Road around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. It's queuing on the approach to there. And in Chestnut on the A10 southbound, it's very busy around the Great Cambridge Road between there and the M25 Junction 25 for Enfield. In Welling Garden City, Broadwater Road has roadworks in place at Broadwater Crescent. The stop go 
boards in place there that could cause some delays this morning. And having a look at the trains, no reports of any delays at the moment, but London Midland have a replacement bus service running between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey. That's for bland engineering works going on until the end of the month. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 7.16. It is Wednesday the 3rd of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. New guidelines are recommending home births for 45% of all pregnant women. Four teenagers remain in custody after a fight in Luton Town Centre yesterday lunchtime in which one man was stabbed. Milton Keynes Dons are up to third in League One after a 1-0 victory at Sheffield United. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... The wickedly funny Anne on, on Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> Do you know who the real Anne is? Great guests. Yes, the real Anne is an amalgam of all these things. We're all multifaceted. Jasper Carrot's career spans five decades. And then you had to wear a bow tie and you had to do jokes about silly Irishmen and, and, and mother-in-laws. John Cleese is eating his microphone, aren't you, John Cleese? Delicious. Great music. Ow! In fact, I don't even think it had the horn part then. Great conversations. I always have said throughout my career, you know, you get me on board, I'll give you 100%. Have you still got it, Billy Ocean? Well, the audience seems to think have. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's go to. Uh, have we got any more texts, Peachy, Portia, Peachy Portions? Are we okay? No. No? Okay, thank you very much indeed. Uh, we're all talking about missing bits. David's on the M1. Morning, David. Good morning, Ian. Uh, good, good morning there. What have you got for <laughs> us? What, what haven't you um, got for us? About six months ago, after returning home from a shopping trip. Yeah. Um, obviously, my wife took uh, our little girl through a few shopping bags. Yeah, beautiful. So, you know what I mean? I'm the man I, I load up with them. Tough guy, so, yeah, know. of course. <laughs> uh, grabbed hold of the boot with my left hand, and as I pulled it down, my index finger got caught in the boot locking mechanism of the car. Oh, mate. As well as my middle finger. Oh, mate. Unfortunately, this will make you go. Unfortunately, ours is one of the cars which has got the keyless entry oh. and keyless start. Yeah. Which was in my wife's handbag in the kitchen. Oh, what a silly woman! So I could not open the boot. So you had two fingers locked in the boot? One of them was caught in the locking me- oh, mechanism. Oh, actually in the little clip bit that... Oh, flipping heck! So I'm dropping the bags, I'm on the drive, shouting my wife in order to come and open the car... She comes running out to find out what the problem is. Then she realises she's got to go all the way back in the house <laughs> to get a handbag to come and get the car unlocked. Oh, mate. Um, I've had my index finger uh, amputated and my nail on my middle finger is grown back, but it's wobbly. It's it, just it comes back a funny shape, doesn't it? Because I've lost a nail in the past and they come back like really weird shapes. Yeah, it's like uh, all... Pity, if that makes sense. It's all what? All pity. Like, uh, you uh, said pity. Okay, yes. I, I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I thought you said... T- anyway, uh, so you, have you lost the whole of... Peter Pointer is the index finger, isn't it? Or is it the ring finger? No, the index finger. The, next, to the, next to the thumb on my left hand. Okay, right. So Peter Pointer. Uh, and d- did you... Um, d- d- did you... D- is it all gone completely? Or, is, or just like one knuckle? Or, or, or is there any no, no, left? No, it's all gone right down to the bottom. Flippin' heck. Peachy Portions, you want to say anything? Do you ever forget, David, and try and do things with it? You'll be surprised how many times I don't indicate. 
Uh, oh, because you flick, you go to flick the, the stick yeah. and there's no finger. <laughs> I was talking earlier about a friend of mine who can no longer sweep carrots off his uh, chopping board because his two end fingers have gone. Do you yeah. do you point at things with it? I try to. Brilliant. It's, Brilliant. Because it's, it's, it's only like six months, I'm, I'm still thinking it's there. Yeah. It's weird. But David, like, would you do me a favour? Yeah. And I, if this is too traumatic, then just say, could we go back to that moment when your fingers are stuck in the boot of the car... And you're screaming for your wife. Could you could you reconstruct that for us? Oh, not really. I'm laughing at it now, but it was uh, it was very very painful at the time. We've, 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 I, th- I feel we've literally and metaphorically touched a nerve, David. Thank you very much indeed. Thing is, I've, when I was a kid, I got my finger locked in the, my mum's uh, uh, car. Uh, it was a mini. I got my finger locked in it, and she had to come round and, and put the key in and unlock it. And yeah, 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 yeah. It was that one. That nail came off. Oh, well, it works fine now. Yeah, but it's a funny shape. It's kind of like, um, it's like octagonal. Not octagonal, but it's, instead of being smooth, it's, it's hey, got... don't moan about the shape. You're lucky you've got it at all. Thank you. You're absolutely right. Uh, boy, oh boy, if you've got all your fingers, well, God bless you. Kate's in Harpenden. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. What, 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 <laughs> have you, what bits are missing of you? Well, nothing's missing, thankfully, but my pointing finger also had a bit of a, a mishap when I was about 14 when it turned black. Oh, yeah. Um, because I got it stuck in an aeroplane. Excuse me? <laughs> I got it stuck in an aeroplane. A real aeroplane? Yeah, I used to have a habit when I was younger, um, actually up until my um, sort of mid-twenties, of putting my fingers into things that they only just fitted into. <laughs> um, I don't know why, it was like a nervous habit, so I would poke them in and out of beer bottles and picnic tables and anything that was only just big enough it's for them, and I'd Freudian, often yes. get them stuck. Yeah. Um, and uh, one day I was on a flight with my parents, and um, the airplane ha- um, uh, the armrest the button that's supposed to push down the to, to let you lay back the armrest was missing yeah. leaving a finger sized hole perfect so perfect Kate how could you resist Exactly. And unfortunately, the, uh, the the airplane arm decided it liked my finger in its hole and it decided to keep it. How old were you, Kate? <laughs> I was about 14. Right. And Because uh, well, we do these things, right, and we, we, we feel like a bit of an idiot, but we, we, you think, <laughs> right, I'll, I'll get this out. Oh, don't worry, just, just don't make a big thing of it. How long into this scenario did you have to turn to mum and dad and say, um, I got my finger stuck in this aeroplane? <laughs> well, pretty quickly I turned back to mum because it was I was worried because it was feeling like it was swelling up. And I was like, mum, OK, I've got my finger stuck again. <laughs> And she was used to it. I've got my, I finger my finger stuck again, <laughs> and she was used to it. <laughs> <laughs> She'd had to break a vase, that, a nice vase of hers, a couple of weeks before because I had my finger stuck in that irrevocably. <laughs> so, um, so Mum kind of leant over and went, "Oh goodness me, Kate!" And she pulled the um, arm off the the chair, oh. and then frog marched me with my ha- arm up oh. in the air, the entire length of the aeroplane oh, no. to the front. She humiliated you. At the front, they said, oh, we need to get some butter on that. Where's yeah. the butter? At the At back. At the back, the ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so I then walked the entire length of the plane the other way with my with a, a trail of people behind me remarking how my finger was going back inside the aeroplane arm, <laughs> which was attached to my hand and over my head. Oh, and yeah. did, did, butter, did, did butter get it out? It did, yes. And, and it, the, did the finger go completely black? It was, like, grey. I've never seen anything Beautiful. like it, seriously. They go black really quickly. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Kate, that's, that's, that is a wonderful story. Thank you so much for sharing <laughs> that. You. Have you stopped doing it now, though, haven't you? Yes, mostly. Oh. It's a, a nervous habit, so <laughs> I haven't been nervous for a while, but if I get nervous then, it, then there's something finger-shaped around me, then I have a tendency not to even realise they're doing it. Kate, thank you very much indeed. Well, well, you know exactly where to put that. That's in the podcast. 
That's brilliant. The fact that she said, Mum, I've got my finger stuck. Oh, not again, Kate. <laughs> she broke her vase the week before. <sighs> oh, that is... Fa- I've got to do this. Sorry. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three oh, Counties dear. Radio. Thank you, Kate. Best phoning we've ever done, I think. We get, we get some of the best calls and lots of new voices. Thank you. Excellent. Now, slightly more serious things. Four teenagers are waking up in police custody this morning after a stabbing in Luton Town Centre yesterday lunchtime. The injured man is 18 and said to be in a stable condition in hospital after the fight in George Street. More witnesses report seeing knives, belts or being used as weapons. Well, our reporter Justin Dealey, you've been out to the area getting some local reaction, haven't you? What have people been saying this I have morning? indeed. Um, Ian, this happened at 12.45 yesterday afternoon in front of onlookers. Now, I've been asking people this morning in Lucent if they're shocked by this. Personally, sadly, I'm not shocked. Um, some stories coming up here. Uh, a very interesting story at the end, and I want you to listen to see whether you believe this or not. Here's what people in Luton this morning had to say. Well, here's somebody who works in the town. Um, are you shocked by what happened yesterday afternoon? Yeah, very shocked. Uh, how can this sort of thing happen that time of day in a busy street? You know, it's seems to be the, the trend. I mean, it's a very sad trend. Um, you're working in the town where this happened. Um, do you feel safe working here in Luton? Not particularly. You never know what's, what's going to happen at any time. Yeah, I mean, I, I just uh, think it's a sign of the times, you know, and uh, uh, the kids all seem to use knives and, and what have you. So I just think it's a sign of the times. Are you quite scared to live in the town now? I'd be lying if I, if I said I didn't. I don't particularly like walking this time, but I have to get to work in the, early in the morning, so... Yeah, I do get a bit worried sometimes. Yes, I am. I think it's terrible that it happens in the afternoon uh, when the onlookers are about and that in the middle of the town centre. What's it coming to nowadays? Mm. And what about knifing incidents locally? Yeah. What have you heard? There's been a few. Like I heard uh, the other day a bloke was walking home and some cyclist drove past him. Don't know what race or nationality the cyclist was, but uh, stabbed him in the back for no purpose. Bloke didn't even realise until he got home. Got into bed and his missus woke up with wet sheets and blood everywhere this is somebody you know uh it's a mate of a mate sort of thing so i don't know him personally but so somebody was simply walking home and somebody went past him on a bike and stabbed him in the back yeah he thought the bike had just hit him is he okay yeah he's fine he's luckily though because if he'd fallen asleep or his wife didn't wake up it could have been like bled out or something wow i mean this person you're talking about was he part of a gang do you know no no just a random it's just complete random yeah. wow um okay um i'll take your word for it on that story thank you very much no worries how good i'm you... not totally buying it mm. i'm not totally sounds a little bit like an urban myth it does but then again you know i support luton town football club i work in the town and i have to say some of the stories that i hear here in luton uh, i'm not saying this to to annoy people but some of the stories that i've heard um that to me is is quite possibly a true story. If it is a true story, and that man saying it is, that's absolutely unbelievable, really. Uh, we do hear, I mean, we, we've heard, uh, haven't we, uh, Kath, of cyclists being. But Scoynes, Paul Scoynes got. Uh, Something thrown in his face, yeah. Thrown in his face while he was by motorcyclists. Mm. So, um, but, you know, a man simply walking home. But, but how. This is what I can't get my head around. Obviously, yesterday afternoon, 12.45 in the afternoon, um, in front of shoppers, we've got men fighting with knives and belts. Uh, that is shocking when you think about the time of it, 12.45. But somebody walking home um, to be stabbed and then not 
realise until hours later. How could you be stabbed but not realise until yeah, later I'm, on? I'm not convinced. Mm. It sounds a friend of a friend story. It's always, mm. make, always make me slightly suspicious. Just excellent stuff. We'll speak to you later on about Russell Brand, shall yep. we? Thank you, boss. Take Th- care. Cheers, my dears. Ta-ta. Peachy portions, anything on the text? You're not calling me that. Why? Because we know what it means. I know. it's. We know what it means. We know what it means, and so do his kids. <laughs> Have we got any texts? I've got one that you might want to hear. Go on. Oh, <laughs> what? But it's, an, it's, again, no name on it, so I'm kind of loath to read Which them. ones are you censoring from me? Oh, the really dull ones. Um, oh, good. When I was about 22, I left my finger on one of those spring-loaded doors. The door closed and my oh. finger got crushed. It sounded like a pencil breaking. Ay, ay, ay. I still got it, but it's a bit flat. Yeah. Bits, missing bits from your body, please. And when has your body turned different colours? 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a look at the M1 southbound on the CCTV cameras, it's very heavy between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 13 for Bedford at the moment. Also having a look at the M25 anti-clockwise, it's looking very slow now between Junction 19 for Watford and Junction 16 for the M40. In Hamel Hempstead, the A41 southbound is looking very busy between Two Waters Road at the Hamel Hempstead turn-off and the M25 Junction 20 for Kings Langley. And having a look at these speed sensors in Beaconsfield. Amersham Road is very heavy southbound between Ledborough Lane and London Road and the A1 southbound is looking very slow between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout through the roadworks there. Having a look at the trains, there's no reports of any problems at the moment, but on London Midland services, there is a replacement bus service running between Watford Junction and St. Albans Abbey. That's for planned engineering works. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. New guidelines are recommending home births for 45% of all pregnant women. The Chancellor, George Osborne, will deliver his autumn statement to Parliament today. Hertfordshire police are carrying out their own investigation into their contact with a woman from Hatfield who was murdered by her husband. And four teenagers remain in custody after a fight in Luton Town Centre yesterday lunchtime in which one man was stabbed. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Milton Keynes Dons are up to third in League One after a 1-0 victory at Sheffield United with Deli Alley scoring the winner three minutes from time. The Dons had Danny Green sent off in stoppage time but it was a good night for manager Carl Robinson. The players to come here and win 1-0 is we did it last year, another clean sheet, another goal and our tally and I don't know what that does externally but we said to the players we weren't great. I don't think we've done that often enough, come to big teams and, and won a game like that and that's just a sign of hopefully where, the way things can happen for us in forthcoming games because that's as good as it gets. In last night's Premier League match Manchester United beat Stoke 2-1 at Old Trafford. Liverpool won 3-1 at Leicester with Stephen Gerrard among the scorers. His manager, Brendan Rodgers. I thought he was outstanding tonight. Great energy, great freshness in his legs. Uh, ball comes out to him and there's not too many better in that position. Great composure for the finish. And I thought his, his contribution in the game was vital for us. And even at 3-1, you know, in, in the game, looking comfortable, it never is. So you've got to see it right the way through. And in fairness to the players, they did that magnificently. 
Elsewhere, Swansea beat QPR 2-0, West Ham won 2-1 at West Brom, Aston Villa won 1-0 at Crystal Palace and Burnley and Newcastle drew one all. Tonight's games include leaders Chelsea at home to Tottenham, Arsenal at home to Southampton and Manchester City away to Sunderland. In non-league football in FA Trophy replays, Bedford Town lost 3-2 after extra time at Western Supermare, St Albans lost 3-0 at Wealdstone. In the Southern League Premier, Chesham won 3-0 at Arlesey, Hitchin won 7-3 at Biggleswade. The funeral of the Australian cricketer Philip Hughes has taken place in his hometown of Maxville, north of Sydney. The Australia captain, Michael Clark led the tributes. Philip's spirit, which is now part of our game forever, will act as a custodian of the sport we all love. We must listen to it, we must cherish it, we must learn from it. And England's cricketers start their third one-day international in Sri Lanka at nine o'clock this morning our time. England have lost the first two matches in the series. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Got it, I've got it. I worked it out. I'm talking about um, losing bits of your body, extremities, uh, and when has your body been different colours. Also, Russell Brand. I'd love to get your thoughts on Russell Brand. I don't know. I met Russell. I met Russell years ago, uh, and he was delightful. I don't think he's particularly funny. He's made me laugh. I don't think he's particularly funny. He's made me laugh from time to time. Um, and uh, he has every right to speak about politics as much as I do, as much as you do. More right than I do, because I work for the BBC. Uh, but I don't get this, this... I do get it. I do get why The Sun has turned against Russell Brand. It's the same uh, reason they turned against David Mellor, and it's the same reason they turned against that... Um, the, what was her name? Thornbury. It's the same reason. It's us and them, us and them, us and them. Russell Brand is now one of them. Basically, Russell Brown was at a campaign yesterday for some, uh, with some families whose rent is going to go up from something like £650 a month to £2,000 a month because the, the property they live in has been uh, taken over by a, a company and that's the going rate for the area. But, of course, it means that the people, the families that have lived there for years and years and years... Um, won't be able to afford the rent, so they'll move out. So Russell Brand is speaking up for them. There was an ill-advised interview he did on Channel 4. Um, there was an ill-advised interview where he had a pop at the, the, the interviewer, and it was a bit unpleasant, and he came across as a plum, I thought, Yeah, but Brand. he was talking about their rent, and the interviewer asked him how much he paid on his flat. I think, that's a, I think it's kind of a valid question. I think it's kind of. I thought Brand overreacted and came across as... You saw a kind of nasty side to him, mm. which I'm sure he has. Um, but then the papers are now kind of come out saying, well, he, he's a hypocrite. He's a hypocrite. But what a joke, says the son. Millionaire comic preaches revolution from posh pad. Millionaire revolutionary Russell, Russell Brand is campaigning against greedy landlords who demand sky-high rents while paying a tax-avoiding property firm around £76,000 a year to live in a 1.5 million home. I have the answer to this. Go on. Would we be talking about these people who live in the new era estate if it hadn't been for Russell well, Brand? Well, this is the frustrating thing is we're not talking about these people, are we? We're talking about blooming Russell Brand. Mm-hmm. The focus has been taken off the fact that these families are in a dire situation. But here's... If you read this piece in The Sun, it took me a while to get it, but then there's one paragraph where you get, OK, you're tying them in with all those other stories you're doing. Right, OK. Two paragraphs. Property website Zoopla estimates its monthly rental of where Brand lives. Uh, the value has risen from £4,900 in 2012 to £6,500 today. Here we go. It means he is paying more than £76,000 a year in rent. Almost three times the average UK salary. 
So what? But he can afford his rent. He's worth about 12 million quid. It, uh, so what's that got to do with the... Yeah, he earns a lot more than most people in this country. And your point is, what? That he's not allowed to earn that money? He's not allowed to speak up for people who don't earn that money? He's not allowed to speak up for families who are potentially going to be evicted because they, uh, they won't be able to afford the rent increase? Here's the thing. How did Russell Brand used to spend his time and money? Well, he used to spend to do it on... something productive. Yeah. It means he's paying more than £76,000 a year in rent, almost three times the average UK salary. How dare he be successful and make movies and sell out arena tours and, and write have a books? social conscience whether or not you agree with it. If we go to the Sun, page eight, because they, Sun says, page eight. Tragic comic. To list all the contradictions and hypocrisies of multi-millionaire Russell Brand's campaign for revolution would need more space than this page below. So let's just consider today's priceless revelation about the former film star turned lefty caricature that he rails against tax-avoiding corporate property developers while paying one £76,000 a year. Well, but it's but not he can him. afford his rent. I just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. They're, t- they're turning the wrong people against the wrong people. We stand up. It's a really, really good cause. But they thought Russell Brown was all a bit of a laugh when he was, you know, uh, you know, going going through uh, women like there was no tomorrow and being hilariously uh, out of control. And then they've brought up flipping um, Manuel again. What? The gaffes. Britain, the brand's most notorious gaffe came in 2008 when he left obscene messages on Manuel's phone. In his current book, Revolution, the multi-millionaire calls the Queen Mrs. Bratverse Kraut Nazi. I mean... It's not particularly clever, but... Russell Brown, your thoughts on him? Has it cha- have your thoughts changed uh, since this campaign starting yesterday and today? I'm kind of more on his side, because I see what the sun is trying to do to me. 08459 455 555. I like the fact that he's kind of a popular figure, a young man who is um, wading into politics. Whether or not you agree with what he's saying, yep. at least you've got an opinion normally. You know, people either love him or hate him, but they're talking about things they you, wouldn't be talking about otherwise. You don't get... I mean, what, he's, he's, he's got to be the same age as me, isn't he? Was he 40? He's got to be 40, something, hasn't he? How old is Russell yeah, Brand? he'll be about that. Bizarrely, the sun doesn't put his age on there. That's weird, isn't it? Normally, he's got to be about 40, 39, No, usually 40. they'd slap that in, but I think maybe because they've told you how much he pays in... But it is a comparatively young man interested in politics. Now, you may think that his political views are a complete load of old balls, and that's fine, but he's expressing political views. He's standing up for people that he believes are need, need a voice, need a loud voice. He's got kids watching Newsnight. It's mad, isn't it? Why are we criticising that? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Missing bits. Chris is in Luton. Morning, Chris. Hi, hi. What, what have you got for us? Yeah, well, some years ago, um, my my dad was teaching my sister to drive. Yeah. Got rather irate. And oh, dad's he... dad's teaching daughters. Yeah, I it's know, the worst I know. combination. <laughs> and his false teeth fell out and uh, went flying into the windscreen. Oh, I thought that heck. was rather. Amazing. Oh, flipping heck! <laughs> a... So, did, were they the kind of teeth that you, you, you would you put them in a glass at night time? Yeah, on the windowsill in the kitchen. Would he really? Yeah, yeah. I always thought that was a myth. What are they doing in the water? Just, like, keeping cleaning, I suppose. Oh, goodness, no. Some sort of pink stuff that we went in with it, I Sterident. think. Was it Sterident? I think <laughs> yeah, that was probably. the one. Oh, flipping yeah, it. How, yeah. how angry must he have got for those teeth to come flying oh, out? Oh, don't. I never, I never had him. I, I can assure you that I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have lessons with him, but there you go. Chris, bless you. That's a great story. Thank you very much indeed. Do, do you get false teeth like that now, where they come in and out completely? It's a strange thing, isn't it? Putting your teeth in uh, in a jar by the bed. Am I a hypocrite? Because I go to Starbucks 
I buy coffees from Starbucks and they, they don't pay the tax they're meant to pay. Yeah, and you buy things from Amazon. So yeah. none of us are allowed to talk anymore about anything. But yeah, I still think, you know, that it's bad that some people can't afford their rent and rents are being put... I think that's a bad thing. You, you'd be crazy not to think that was a bad thing. Helen and Milton Keynes thinks the sun's being a bit hypocritical. Do you want to hear why? Yeah, go on. Text. Who owns the sun? Couldn't he be accused of being one of them? Also, the editor earns a tidy sum for more than the average person. Oh, hang on, yeah. Yep, yep. Um, here's someone about having something uh, lost, bits, missing bits. Yeah. Our friends live in Ibiza, and we were staying at their house. Living it up in Ibiza, having a party time. Living it up in Ibiza, Ibiza, you are mine. Two, three, four, Will, I really like your last hit. Oh. I was mixing in Miami as well. I would love to see you in Ibiza. Fine, fine. When? when? Now. OK, let's go. Have you got your fluorescence? I, I can't. I'm off my mash. <laughs> I really am off my mash at the moment. I just can't digest it. It's, it's too, too starchy. Catherine. Our friends live there. Nice little scene there, Kels. I enjoyed that. Thank nice. you. Lovely little little fantasy. Yeah. Indulged I in went there. to Ibiza. It's full of idiots. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, I've been to Ibiza. Yeah, full of idiots when you... There, there was, it was full of idiots plus one when you went there. Oh. No need for that. Pwned. They're, not really. It was, it was, it was, it was uh, overflowing with... Uh, overfull with idiots mm. when you went there. Okay. <laughs> Why are you sitting back like that? back on his chair like can he see just belly a really good Because and... I pwned you, mate. I'm taking ponership. You're mine. <laughs> what? <laughs> right, anyway. Any comeback on that? No. Pwned. Did you say it doesn't make it so, you know? Pwned. You can't pwned. say it. <laughs> I'm not going to Pwned. I'm going to read your own text. Pwned. Kelly. Yes, my love. How are you, my darling? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Well, do you remember when it used to be hard to run marathons? Right, bored. OK, I'll read this text. Um, our friends live in Ibiza and we were staying at their house. Their cooking hob is run by Calagas in a canister under the hob and needed changing because <laughs> it had run out. Can oh, you guess what's going to happen? Oh, oh, go on. My husband changed it, but unbeknown to me, he hadn't quite secured the linkage and there was a small leak. <laughs> I went to make a cuppa. Yeah. And as I lit the ca- gas ring, there was a boom, and I lost my, <laughs> I lost my eyelashes, eyebrows, and my long fringe. <laughs> I'd been growing it for over a year. They, they all fell about laughing, and the smell of singed hair wafted about the kitchen. <laughs> Thinking back, it could have been my head blown off, but we're yeah. still laughing about it now, says yeah. Sue. Well, luckily she is laughing on the planet Earth, not in heaven yeah. or, or in a box under the ground. Still galling about that fringe. Kids don't know they're born today. We used to have to. We used. To, I used to have a heater in my room when I was seven, that was fueled by Calagas, and you had to. You had to try and get it to catch light, and if that bad boy was was wired up proper, incorrectly, you'd lose your fringe. Um. I know that you've lost something. Yes, mate. I found something the other day. Oh yeah, Jesus. No, in my Jesus. Coat, in my coat pocket, I found something that one of you have put in there. Do you remember? Yeah. How, how long ago did you put it in there? It's a, a week. Cast it. A week it yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. Hey, <laughs> it's a plastic toy finger. <laughs> We were out. Actually, where were we? We were having lunch or something the other day. And Catherine, where's my finger? Oh blimey! I put it in, I put it in Kel's jacket yesterday. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretend severed finger from Halloween, which worked with the phone in today. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. So, now remember, it's up to you to put it somewhere unexpected. 
Oh, steady on. Do you remember when marathons used to be really difficult to do? Mm, bored. Oh, they are boring though. I remember when they were called Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, mate. No, what? Huh? No? Go on, tell us about boring marathons. Do you remember when mar- marathons used to be hard to do? Do you remember marathons? They, used to be, ha- they used to be really hard, hard to do, to do. and people were always dying. Uh, what? Like all the time. Do you remember, remember the fir- I'm old enough to remember the f- first Emma Mars. in Greece. <laughs> If you love each other so much, why don't you get knotted? Okay. Oh! <laughs> I'm for the truckers out there. I tell you what, why don't you? I'll forget it. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1 Great North Road, if you're heading towards St Neots, northbound it's looking very heavy from Tempsford towards the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks going on there. In Dunstable on the A5 High Street North, it's looking very busy around Church Street on the speed sensors. And in Hemel Hempstead, the A41 southbound is looking very busy between Two Waters Road and the M25 Junction 20 at Kings Langley. Taking a look at the motorways on the cameras, the M25 anti-clockwise is looking very slow between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. And on the M40 northbound, it's looking very very slow at the moment between the Denham roundabout towards the M25. On the trains, there's no reports of any problems at the moment, but London Midland have a replacement bus service running between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey. That's for engineering works, which will be going on until the end of December. Smart the Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Bruffy. 7.45. Watching Justin Dealey. Open and close and open and close and open. Door's broken. And close a door. Broken. What do you mean it's broken? Screws come off. What do you mean the screws come look. off? What do you mean look? What do you mean look? What are you pointing at? I can't see. Why have you gone silent? Oh, for goodness sakes. 7.45 headlines. New guidelines are recommending home births for 45% of all pregnant women. Four teenagers remain in custody after a fight in Luton Town Centre yesterday lunchtime in which one man was stabbed. And Justin Dealey has brought in... Sorry? Whoa, whoa. Not from me, boss. Wait, who's, who's this from? My children in need, man. Oh! <laughs> Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It is quite a cold start to the day, but temperatures not quite as chilly as they could be. Particularly the further east you go, where we've still got this blanket of cloud. It's around three or four Celsius there. But parts of Buckinghamshire down to minus one, zero in some parts. So sparkles of frost in the more sheltered spots this morning. But also a bright start for some people too, with some sunshine. So it's really a story of two halves. As we head through the day, the cloud will move in from the east, if you haven't got it already, with some outbreaks of rain. Now, they'll gradually start to peter out. Temperatures though suffering, we've got a northeasterly breeze making it feel quite raw, so the maximum temperature struggling up to around 9 Celsius. For tonight it's a similar story. Cloudy, the odd spot of rain the cloud and uh, the it's thick enough to produce the rain will prevent the temperature from dropping down perhaps as low as it could and therefore stopping any sort of form of frost. The minimum temperature though down to 2 or 3 Celsius. For tomorrow morning, a cloudy cold start to the day. Lighter winds but a bit of light rain around. Temperature similar at around 8 Celsius and that's your forecast. 
Remember when marathons used to be really hard? Every weekday morning. You can book your place on the show now. Jonathan Vernon Smith. Come on and get some help, get some assistance. Tackling your consumer problems. I couldn't trace an account in any of the names, any of the addresses that were given. For it to be running for six weeks and then for them to cut it all off again just doesn't make any sense. The JVS Show fights for your rights. He came to me and asked if I could go and have a word with said bank. I had an email from the bank to say that you'd been in touch with them and the senior customs relation manager was most apologetic thankfully you managed to get your money back yeah but that was due to obviously your station itself the jvs show weekdays from nine on bbc three counties radio andy mcclelland on uh, twitter says uh, russell brand is a self-publicist you can see straight through him he was mildly amusing 10 years ago What's wrong with being a self-publicist? It's another word like do-gooder that I don't understand. Yeah, he's a, he's, yeah, he's a self-publicist. He's, he's not. He's also got a really powerful publicity um, machine. He probably hires Freud's or someone publicising. But he's got a book out. He'll be doing a tour at some point, and he gets money from his DVD. So why wouldn't he want to publicise? When they say things like self-publicist, I think of someone like Katie Hopkins, who says things deliberately to yeah. uh, antagonise and annoy. I don't think she believe. I don't believe for a minute anyone could be like that. I did a show last night. It was only a tiny little thing, fifty-four seats, but I publicised it on Twitter. I, w- I was banging on about it on Literally Twitter all the time. I was a self-publicist. Well, I don't. I don't understand what the problem is. If if your business is selling yourself and the the products that you, that you kind of generate whether it's books or movies or records or shows or whatever then why is it, why is self publicity a bad thing that that's a good thing isn't it we have this weird thing in this country and i i'm kind of noticing more and more where um, when people we like people we like the underdog we like them we like them they get quite successful they get they get too successful and we hate them and it's the same with Russell Brand. You know, we all liked him when he was, you a know... A bit of a mess. When he, when he was a bit of a mess and he was having three girls around at night and he, he first went over and he made movies and he was doing these dangerous TV shows. And, and now he's going about pulling down his trousers and pants. Oh, my lady, we're pulling down my pantacles and you'll never believe what was up there. Oh. Yeah, we liked him when he was a bit more Doc Cotton. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see... I'll now get a torrent of um, tweets from Andy because he likes to send... Phone up, Andy, for goodness sakes. I've read one tweet out. That's what I'm going to read. Oh eight four five nine four double five five. But the point is, now he's being serious. People don't like it. Yeah. Anyway, listen. Let me just do this story seriously. Oh no, really? What is it? You don't even know what the story is about marathons. Bulls running for ages. Go on. There's a surprise, by the way. Have you seen the screen? There's a surprise. Didn't we know that was going to happen? Uh, kind of did. Right, marathons. You... Just be really. Oh, hard. just let me tell it. Why are they not hard anymore? I don't understand. Well, this is it. I don't know. Are we evolving? Because I remember the first London Mars Marathon, right, when there are only about 10,000 people in it, and they all have to have, like, a year of training and have a pasta party the night before. Now, anyone can run a marathon, and this woman, Amy Hughes, has run 53 marathons in 53 days. She's only raised £53,000. There's only a grand a marathon. I kind of... That's good. What? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's still some thousands of pounds. It's still 53,000. It's, it's yeah, but if your friend was running 53, you're not going to sponsor her for every single one, are Penny you? Penny a mile. Well, and also, she's doing something really boring. It's not even like she's going to get in a bath of beans or uh, do a naked calendar. You know, she's just running, which I guess is something she enjoys doing. Because mm. otherwise... it. But 53 miles... No, 53 marathons. marathons. Yeah. All right, mate, calm down. I made a little mistake. I got, got a little bit tongue-tied. Got a big clanger. Got a little, little, sorry? Mm? Who told you about that? Me. I, um, when I got home last night, my upstairs toilet wouldn't stop flushing. And oh. I was lying in bed, tossing and turning. You know what that is? Uh, that's me mumbling. Ev. 
No, it's not. It, this is just broken. So I got up and turned it off with some uh, nail clippers. Anyway. It's so manly. Yeah, I don't mind. Nail clippers. Now but, how are you going to flush it? Well, that, I've got, we've got uh, two toilets in our house. One for wheeze and one for poos. So have we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great story, guys. It's not, it's not nice downstairs. Come on. Not nice Why you, would you do the, the bad ones downstairs? No, you don't do them downstairs. Oh, you don't do them downstairs. I've been no, to your house. You. I, I've, Did you, you break the rule? I didn't know there was a rule. You should put a sign up or something. If it's brown, don't do it down. <laughs> I thought it was just a general rule, so everyone knew that. Fifty-three marathons in fifty-three days. days. What is the point? I don't. I mean, I'm not being funny. Fifty-three grand is not a lot of money. For charity? Yeah. That's great. Okay, it's not it's not for that amount of effort. No, but surely she'd be asking the same people to sponsor her, so they'd be sponsoring you know. Vain men are sexy, I yeah. find. And so does the uh, Daily Express until they hog the bathroom. <laughs> Sorry? Go on. Forget bulging biceps, guys. What women really want is a well-groomed man. Yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Clean, I think, is just the... Vain metrosexuals with more beauty products in their bathroom than the average woman are most likely to attract the opposite sex. No. Sorry? No. I have a, a, a face cleanser. You don't get a bar of soap anymore. Expensive face cleanser. Don't use it every day. You don't need to. Face doesn't get that dirty. An exfoliant. And Already that's too much. What do you mean? That's too much. I love a good exfoliation. And uh, some moisturiser. Again, don't use it every day, normally just after a you shave. You also have pomade. I have pomade, yeah. Mm-hmm. No deodorant at the moment. Well, that, that's a 1950s man style. My granddad used to think that men who used deodorant were uh, effeminate. Well done. They attracted the most attention from the ladies in a matchmaking experiment. I don't like a fella who will take longer than me to get ready. No. They just need a shower. Just, be that, cl- just clean. That. That's all they've used clean. this. They've used this. They, they've, uh, they've come to this conclusion using the mobile phone app Tinder. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> now, I'm not sure... Which judges people on the basis of, uh, yeah, photographs. I'm not sure what Tinder is. You go through app. You go through pictures. Yeah, I like that one, that one, that one, that one. And is it, is it just one. for um, Nookie Bear? Pretty much. This is not, you're not looking for love on there. You're looking for love. Yeah. Oh, well. That's a shame, isn't it? Why are you on it? <laughs> I, t- I thought it was uh, for people who liked... Um, uh, Tinders. You've seen the pictures of Ed Sheeran at the Victoria's Secret? The luckiest man in music. <laughs> I mean, fair play, because he's rubbish. Right? No, he's not. He's Ed not Sheeran right. is an introducing act... Oh, yeah, I know exactly. And, and he's, therefore... He's tricked his way to the top. No, he's Excellent. not. He's brilliant. He's not. He's rubbish. He did that song about the Class A's. The A-team. Yeah, exactly. It's about drugs. I don't know if you know. Yeah. And he's saying that... And I just don't like him. Anyway. Um, Ginger Midget, Ed Sheeran. Oh, no. Let's not say that. And he's not that small. He's tiny. What, what height? Five foot three and a half. Oh, that's massive. That's gigantic. He admits to being rubbish at chatting up women. So when he found himself surrounded by a bevy 
of Victoria's Secret Angels, Ed Sheeran could hardly believe his luck or take the grin well, it wasn't, off his face. It wasn't luck. They were contractually obliged to be there. The British pop star, 23, five foot three and a half, was performing at the American lingerie brand's annual fashion show along his good friend, singer Taylor Swift. Who's really tall. She's, well... And as more than 40 of the world's most glamorous and highest-paid models sashayed down the catwalk in London, Sheeran struggled to take his eyes off them. So, basically, it was a pant show. Yeah. He was singing at a pant show. That has got to be the dream gig for anybody who likes women in pants. Uh, uh, ben, would you, have, would you have liked to have done that? What, what would have been attractive about it? Women in underwear does look nice. It does look nice. And Ed Sheeran can vouch for that. He's vouched for it. I miss Ben. Yeah, Ben doesn't call in that much anymore. He only called in twice, and each time it was wonderful. Antifreeze kills 50 cats every month. How? Well, they probably drink it. Poisonous. No, I I, I know the answer to both of those, but... Maybe you should have rephrased your question. Yeah. How? It's poisonous. How are they getting access to it? They can't reach the cupboards. Hey, there was a debate about this. There was a debate about this uh, in um, Parliament by an MP. Guess what his name was? Mr Cat. It's got nothing to do with cats. Oh. You won't guess. Mr Frosty. Mark Spencer. Oh. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want some texts? I'm talking about cat death. Well, go on then. Well, hang on, how are, how are they getting antifreeze, though? Uh, they're drinking it from um, fountains. There's not a lot in the papers. Let's have some taxis. Go on. Sue and Garden City. Morning, Sue. Talking talk about soon. bits that fall off. What about extra bits? Well, no, that's tomorrow. Oh, uh, God, just very quickly, Andy, last thing from Andy. Oh. The fact that we're even talking about brand and not the cause says it all. Proves my point. Credit him. He's making millions. The well, cause we have... haven't done anything for ages. No. We have been talking about the cause as well, Andy. You've, you've, you've not been listening. New Era and Housing Estate. Usman, £600 they're paying at the moment. We have you're been talking about, about the cause, thousand. Andy, so you're incorrect. And Usman says, oh, mate, I love Kelly's giggle. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Usman's a bit... Mm. So... Anyway, extra bits. Sue in Wellington Garden <laughs> City says her brother's got three nipples. Two normal and a smaller one under the left one. Mate, it, like we're not... Scaramanga. We're not, we're not talking about extra bits. We're talking about missing bits. And it's got to be missing extremities as well. I feel you're subbing it, subbing it down to missing bits misses the point. You said missing bits. Yes, that's excellent. That's yeah, exactly I know, what it is. I was under pressure, mate. It's, it's uh, <laughs> extremities. Uh, OK. It's extremities that you've lost. Toes. Knees. Eyebrows. Fingers. Eyebrows. Someone's aunt's eyebrows fell off during a sneeze. I don't believe that. I, I kind of do. I kind of do. I don't believe it the one... It wouldn't have been the full... It wouldn't have been the actual... Eyebrows. And they wouldn't have stuck on the, on the wall. <laughs> do you believe the guy who said his um, granddad got his nose knocked off? No. Not a while. Remember in the 60s or 70s? No. I mean, I weren't there. But you could weren't buy lipstick um, stickers for your lips and they were lip-shaped. No. You'd stick them on. That's what I think they did with the eyebrows. What the hell, hell are you, are you talking about, you lunatic? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
In Amersham on Gore Hill, it's looking very heavy on the speed sensors between the A413 and the A40 London Road. Into Watford on Clarendon Road, that's looking very slow at the moment, just after Woodford Road. And having a look at the motorways, the M25 anti-clockwise is queuing between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40. And the M40 northbound's looking very slow between the Denham roundabout towards the M25. Having a look at the A1M southbound on the speed sensors as well, that's looking very slow just before Junction 1 for the M25 towards South Mims. And on the trains, London Midland have replacements at bus service running between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey. That's for bland engineering works going on until the end of the month. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you so much. Extremities missing from your body and bits of your body that have turned different colours. Yeah, I know. And Russell Brand, I mean... Do you feel sorry for him, the, the battering he's getting in the papers today? He's just speaking up for the underdog, isn't he? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, new guidelines recommend home births, Chancellor to deliver autumn statement and Milton Keynes-Dons up to third in League One. BBC Three Counties Radio. New guidelines are recommending home births for 45% of all pregnant women. The National Institute for Health and Care Excellence say it's safer for women considered at a low risk from complications to give birth with the help of midwives rather than in hospital with doctors. Andrew Cantor from Wellin set up a charity after his son was stillborn after his wife was rushed to hospital just before giving birth. You know, the majority of pregnancies do end end well, but there are instances where they don't. So I I understand the guidelines are are based on evidence, they're based on data, but I also think that um, it's very much down to the individual. You know, you've really got to do your homework, if you like, and and understand what the, the options are. The Chancellor, George Osborne, will deliver his autumn statement to Parliament today. He'll announce plans to lend £900 million to small companies and start a review of business rates, which are seen as holding back high street stores competing with websites. Labour says he's failed to honour promises to wipe out the deficit before the election in May. Hertfordshire police are carrying out their own investigation into their contact with a woman from Hatfield who was murdered by her husband. Medina Landsberg had been in touch with police over claims of domestic violence before she was killed in June. More from Gail Sanderson. 34-year-old Dexter Landsberg was on bail for assaulting his wife and damaging her mobile phone two months before he killed her. Police referred the case to the Independent Police Complaints Commission, which asked Hertfordshire to carry out their own local investigation. They could then refer the case back to the IPCC if they found any more evidence. Yesterday at St Albans Crown Court, Landsberg pleaded guilty to murder. He's due to be sentenced later this month. Police in Buckinghamshire have made a fresh appeal for information on the 20th anniversary of the killing of an Aylesbury bookmaker. 66-year-old John Shepherd was found at the John Horwood betting shop on Cambridge Street on Saturday, December the 3rd, 1994. Police say there is new forensic evidence and a £20,000 reward is still available. Four teenagers remain in custody after a fight in Luton Town Centre yesterday lunchtime in which one man was stabbed. The 18-year-old suffered serious but not life-threatening injuries and is in a stable condition in hospital. The fight involved a large group of men, some armed with knives and using their belts as weapons. 
In sport, Milton Keynes Dons are up to third in League One after a 1-0 victory at Sheffield United, with Deli Ali scoring the winner three minutes from time. His manager, Carl Robinson. When you can go and win six like you did on Saturday and then come to a team that literally immediately below you and as big a football club as this and win 1-0 in the way that we did. Um, Delhi getting a goal again I don't know that this kid's just ridiculous The weather another mostly cloudy day with further showery rain and another cold northeast wind a maximum temperature 9 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks It's perfectly placed between metropolitan places and the countryside and it's a really beautiful a friendly happy place to live all this week we're discovering bedford oh, the river the embankment uh, the swan hotel the, the town's a great town the river obviously the jewel and the crown running it through it the big tour of beds hearts and bucks bbc three counties radio Okay, so here's the question. Instead of uh, attacking Russell Brand, why isn't the Sun focusing on the terrible story about the families that face homelessness? Why are they why are they having a pop at Russell Brand? Because it's because he's rich and he's done well for himself and he started off without anything. Is it also because more people have an opinion on Russell Brand because they're a bit jealous of him than they will about some poor people who have had their red put up? This is why the world is skewed in that Britain's biggest selling newspaper could do a front page on how much rent a millionaire pays as opposed to the fact that families are facing being booted out of properties they've lived in for years. That's that's where we've got it completely wrong. And that, I think, is why Russell Brand was getting annoyed. 08459 455 555. Has your opinion of Russell Brand changed in the last couple of days? I know Justin's been out taking it to the streets. We'll speak to him later. What else have we got? Catherine Boyle. We're talking about new guidelines from NICE. Yep. Uh, they've re- revised their guidelines on uh, giving birth, and they say that 90% of people are having their babies in hospital, and they're not necessarily sure that it's the safest place for you. If it's not your first baby and it's been a low-risk pregnancy, they're thinking you might be better off either at home or in a midwife-led unit. And bodies as well. We're talking about bodies today. Yeah, which bits have, uh, have fallen off? Extremities. Mm-hmm. And uh, what colour has your body been? 08459 455 555. What have we had so far? Across beds, hearts and whelks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. In terms of falling off, eyebrows, nose, lots of fingers. Lots of fringes. Toes, toenails. Mm-hmm. In terms of colour, we've had green, we've had yellow, we've had all blacks and purples and, and greys. Yep. No one's mentioned the Blue Man Group. No. Blue. If you've been blue, oh eight four five nine four. Do you know who the Blue Man Group are? Yeah. Kay. I don't really know what they're for though. Fun. No. Yeah. Weird. Weird fun. No, I put that they're kind of street entertainment taken to a stage. Oh no, no they're I'm funny. Not into it. No, they're funny. I'm not into it. No, they're funny. No, I'm not into it. Silver. Like the street entertainers. How do you get that stuff off? How do they go home? You never see them on the tube. Makes you think, doesn't it? Baby wipes. In toilets. Baby wipes. You're not going to get all that stuff off with baby wipes. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Now, you're better off having your baby somewhere other than in hospital. That's according to experts at the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence. Nice says giving birth at home or in a midwife-led unit are actually safer options for women with low-risk pregnancies and is calling for mums to be to be given greater choice as to where they deliver. Well, Louise Silverton is the Director for Midwifery at the Royal College for Midwives. What's your take on this, Louise? The Royal College of Midwives certainly welcomes uh, what Nice is saying, 
they're reflecting a very large research study which reported a few years ago which has shown that for women at low risk of complications midwifery care is as safe as being in hospital um why are people so reluctant to have their babies at home it isn't simply at home, of course, it's in midwifery-led yeah. units as well. But I think we, we've forgotten that, that giving birth and bringing new babies into the world is a part of the, the passage of life and isn't simply a medical event. And women think perhaps that it's going to be messy, which it isn't. Um, oh, it's quite messy. I've, I've seen two of them pop out. <laughs> There's loads of stuff everywhere. Done, done lots of homebirth. Well, you know, you do manage to keep it very clean and tidy when you're at home. And it's really nice for women to be in their own environment, to walk around, to eat and drink as they want. And essentially, because it's their home, to be in charge. It can go wrong, though, can't it? It can be a perfectly smooth, normal pregnancy, and then at some point late in the day, it can go horribly wrong. Well, some women will need to transfer from from, uh, home to hospital, particularly first-time mothers, but the outcomes uh, show that there's very little difference uh, for the babies uh, where the woman starts uh, her labour at home, but there are huge advantages for the woman. She's much more likely not to lead a cesarean section or uh, to have forceps and she's far more likely to breastfeed her baby and to feel happier with the whole uh, experience. Louise, can I, can I just read you a text that we've had sent in? Uh, it's from sure. Anonymous. It says, uh, I'm a team midwife trying to support women having their babies at home, but we always end up being called into the unit as it's so badly staffed because of cuts. This means we're not always available to support home birth. Cuts have caused huge problems with maternity services. We've got five midwives leaving at the end of this month, three going to other professions because morale is so bad. Such a shame. We're all very very dedicated, but we're also knackered. And, and the RCM recognises this, because it recognises this, because that's what midwives tell us all the time. Um, caring for women having, uh, in, in this sort of continuity of carer, only works if the midwives are allowed to continue yeah. looking after their group of women and not being constantly pulled in to help in the labour wards. Uh, the National Audit Office said that maternity services are grossly under-resourced. We are short of midwives. It's not a service that you can plan uh, for, for peaks and troughs in, in workload. You just don't know. And uh, this is why we're calling for the government to, to give us 3,200 more midwives and also to look at how they pay for maternity care because many maternity services actually run their maternity service as a loss. Louise, nice to talk to you. Thank you for your time. Louise Silverton, Director for Midwifery at the Royal College for Midwives, joined now by Sarah Fishburne from NICE, also a mother of three. Morning, Sarah. Good morning. Can you explain the thinking behind this? Yes, um, the guideline needed updating because there was new evidence available about the safety of where women gave birth if they were at low risk of complications. And so I was part of a guideline development group tasked with looking at the new evidence and coming up with um, appropriate guidance. Will it not possibly put um, a a, a small number of uh, parent uh, mothers and babies at risk? Because pregnancy can be fine and normal and and go wrong right at the last minute, can't it? It can, um, but what the evidence shows is that uh, for women who are at home or in a midwifery-led unit, if that happens the risks are less than if they were in in a hospital already. Um, so keeping 
normal low-risk women out of hospital um, it reduces the chances of things going wrong. Is, the, is a part of this about reducing the, the costs uh, and the strain on hospitals? Because uh, maternity wards are, are, are bursting, aren't they, really? Is, is this to try and ease the pressure on hospitals? Not at all, no. The, the evidence we looked at was, wasn't about cost. It was about safety, intervention, safety for mothers, safety for babies. Um, once we'd looked at all that um, and seen that it, it showed that home or midwifery-led units were safer for mothers and babies, we did also look at the cost. Um, and we found that, <laughs> excuse me, that the cost was lower for home or midwifery-led units. But that wasn't what drove the the recommendations. It was about safety. Sarah, thank you very much for your time. Sarah Fishburne from NICE. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. I can't... Am I kind of old-fashioned thinking here? I can't see why people would want to have a baby... At home, it, uh, I mean, what was they, having a baby is very, very messy. I've say, seen the bucket. I felt more in control with my second one, and I did spend more time at home. Yeah. I, I think it's a bit of a leap to want to have your the whole labour at home, though. And to be honest, the second time round as well, I did have more control in terms of. I mean, the midwife and my husband clenching. Was, well, they were just talking to each other. Oh. But I knew what was coming. I knew what 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 was going to happen, and so I was left to it in in many ways. I tell you what, do this. Oh eight four five nine four double five five five. We'll play some thinking music while you decide what topic you want to call in about and what you're going to say. Does that sound fair enough? Yeah, go on. Here we go.
MeatFreeMondays.com Pledge.MeatFreeMondays.com You can do it right now, please. That's the best thing Paul McCartney's ever done. It, it's certainly the best thing he's done in the last 30 years. Catherine Boyle, I believe you have a message for, uh, for us out uh, here. Adam has sent us a message via the medium of text. Good morning, Adam. Good morning. I once was doing tricks on my BMX in some woods and caught my private parts on the handlebars. I lost one of them, shall I say. Handlebar? No. Ah. Spooky dogs? No. Not a testicle. What, just come flying off? Well, no, I don't think it was quite like that. (laughs) Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, we're hearing from callers that it's partially blocked and down to one lane just before Junction 17 for Maple Cross, and that's causing some queues. Having a look elsewhere on the speed sensors and the M1 southbound is looking very heavy between Junction 14 for Milton Keynes and 13 for Bedford. And also the A1M southbound looking very slow between Junction 8 for Stevenage and Junction 7 for the A602. Having a look on the other roads, the A1 southbound very slow between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks. And in Watford on Rickmansworth, road it's looking very busy just after beach and grove at the town hall roundabout on the trains as plunge engineering works on the abbey line which means replacement bus service will be running between watford junction and st Albans abbey until the end of the month samantha breath bbc three counties radio thank you very much a bucket underneath 8.16, it is Wednesday, the 3rd of December. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. You are right, Kath? I feel a bit, uh Yeah. New guidelines are recommending home births for 45% of all pregnant women. The Chancellor, George Osborne, will deliver his autumn statement to Parliament today. And Milton Keynes Dons are up to third in League One after a 1-0 victory at Sheffield United. BBC Three Counties Radio. Your world. It's full of the things that are important to you. The main reason the hospital's full to bursting is that so many more of us are living longer, getting more poorly, suffering complex problems and taking longer here to recover. From what's plain to see to what's beneath the surface. Now this is one area which has been highlighted as being a drug hotspot. The more you know about your world the closer you feel to it. There's a commercial oven and a table that have drifted past us on the water. They've come out of the ruptured cafe down here. Your local news matters on BBC Local Radio, TV and online. I've just been told an horrific story. Thanks for that. Sorry. Nice to see you back. Oh, thanks very much. Did you miss me? No. I I knew you'd say that. It's mean, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's not mean. David Priever is always good company. He's very good. He's excellent. He's brilliant. What's on your show this morning? Uh, coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning, do you think women should at least try to give birth at home? Uh, health watchdog Nice says home births and midwife-led centres are better for mothers than hospitals and often just as safe for babies. About 700,000 babies are born each year in England and Wales and nine out of ten are born with doctors in a hospital. New guidelines state nearly half of women are at very low risk of facing any complications with their pregnancy, so they could be better off giving birth somewhere other than hospital. The cost of giving birth at home... We worked this out upstairs, you'll like this figure. We worked out that, on average, it's £600 less to give birth at home than it is to give birth 
in a hospital. So we worked out that if all of the women who are giving birth at the moment in hospital were to switch to home births, it would save the country £315 million a year. Blimey. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a few quid. So from nine this morning, I'm going to be asking, do you think women should at least try to give birth at home? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. I'd love to know, do you think that women are too quick to say, oh, no, I want to give birth in hospital? Should they try to give birth at home? Were your children born at home or in hospital? No, they were not. Why do you sound so defiant? Oh, for goodness, I don't want that. All that, but it's really messy. I don't want that in my house. Uh, and also, I'm glad the first one. I mean, this recommendation isn't for the first one, but the first one, everything was fine. It was the easiest pregnancy, and then right at the last minute, it all kind of went a bit pear shaped, and doctors had to be rushed in. You know, and that wouldn't have been possible if we'd have been at home. Well, I'd like your stories, your views on this from Nine. Do you think women should at least try to give birth at home? 08459 455 555. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> Jonathan and I were having two separate conversations there. He was um, saying, uh, he was, I was talking about um, women having babies and he was talking about his voice. Oh. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. What are you doing? So, Wiping the sugar from my lips. Ooh, sugar lips. <laughs> Peachy portions. This whole childbirth thing. Yeah. A bit scared now. It does smart a bit, but it's worth it. Well. Is there a way that I could just get a zip put in? And then when it's ready, you just unzip and then uh, hand it out. You might want to have a look into that. Maybe the dragons need to hear it. There really is. I'll be honest. There's, there's a dearth of stuff in the newspapers. Well, David in Puckeridge has a view on Russell Brand. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, go on. Why don't we call in, guys? 0845... There's a phone call. Is that, is that what we want? We don't want that one. OK, right, fine. 08459-455-555. Oh, if we don't want that one, we don't have to uh, answer I don't understand why the papers are on a witch hunt for Brand, says David of Puckeridge. What's the difference between him sticking up for people struggling to pay ridiculous rents and Bono or Geldof raising awareness for Africa? Brand is simply fighting for a cause nearer to home. I don't understand what the problem is. Why, why, why millionaires and rich people aren't allowed to speak up for poorer people? Excuse me. Oh dear. A little sneezy bonk there. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Are people still watching? I'm a celebrity. Is that, that that's still happening? Isn't it? I think so. I don't. Because watch I've it. not seen any of this uh, this series. It looks like the dullest. You're going to sneeze now. There we go. What's going on? There we go. It looks like the dullest. Three in a row. I it's three in a row one. with peachy portions. <laughs> it looks like the dullest series of all time, doesn't it? Well, I thought that um, that fella um, with the ponytail was... Don't know t- who that is. ...tipped to win. No, but people who watch it will know. I thought that he was tipped to win, and um, now he's out. And there was someone who was in X Factor this time around. That doesn't really qualify as being famous, does it? Well, Rylan went straight into Big Brother after X Factor. Yeah, and everyone wondered why. Yeah. Well, we know, because he's insanely talented. <laughs> Colin's on the line. Good morning, Colin. Morning, folks. Hey, he's talking to the whole posse. What have you got for us, Cole? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I nearly cut my finger off. Hang on a minute. Did you cut your finger off or did you nearly cut your finger off? Uh, well, I cut it halfway through the bone. Is any of your finger... We're talking about um, losing extremities. Did you lose any of your finger? No. Thanks for calling, Colin. 
misunderstood, hasn't he? We're not just doing injuries. When have you injured you? When have you cut yourself? We're not doing that. No. How are you feeling today? Call me. How are you no, feeling don't, today? No, don't. You love that one. No, don't do that. How one. are you feeling today? I think that's been done. Oh eight four five nine four double five. I think that's just, being just done up and down the country. Here's a boring man. Come on. Martin Tovey. Even the name Martin. He's, he's spelt it with a Y. Martin to try and make him sound more interesting. Statistics fan, Martin Tovey. Now, as blokes, we all like figures. We all like numbers. We all like dates. We all like uh, what sold what and what the crowd was there. All all of that stuff. But this guy really is dull. Statistics fan, Martin Tovey, shows off some of the collection that put him in the record books for owning the largest number of Guinness World Records annuals. So he's got the biggest number of Guinness World Record books... So it's put him in the Guinness Book of World Records. Being the world's biggest bore. Well, you, you, you'd certainly uh, give him a good run for his money. Oh! Martin, 57, has been hoarding items from the yeah. iconic Facts and Figures publisher since 1968. What for? I mean, there's an excuse when it's your mum, dad or gran or auntie buying you this thing for Christmas, but yourself? He has 353 annuals from around the world and 2,164 items of memorabilia. Hmm. He first won one of the books as a school prize. Martin of Radstock, Somerset, said, I had a child obsession with facts and figures. The books gave me a fantastic reference guide. I asked for one for Christmas, and I've had one every year since. I wonder what his wife thinks of this. Oh, I don't know if he's married or not. What do you reckon? Why is the Guinness, uh, Guinness Book of World Records still going? And every year that the Guinness Book of World Records comes out, I think we may have done it the first year I was here, we get an email around saying, well, you've got uh, three local world record breakers. Would you like them on the show? No. One of them's got the most tattoos in the world, don't care. No, you just find something different to do that no one's ever done, like um, chipsticks. What? I don't know, we could do something with How many chipsticks sticks could you insert into yourself? Yes, exactly. But you just find something weird that no one's thought of yet, like uh, cheese straws. Chipsticks. Or chips. Well, I think probably chipsticks is an obvious choice. All right, cheese, cheese, uh, cheesy, cheesy strings. Cheese, the cheese strings. How yeah. many strands can, can you, you get... hang off your um, eyebrows? Yeah. <laughs> well, and then you'll be the record breaker. Because if no one's done it, then 12 is like the world record. Exactly. That's, that's the sort of record I could do, because after that I'd get a bit fed up. Then a Japanese fella would come and break the world record. But yeah, but you've already... You, you, broke the, uh, you broke the seal on that one. Peeling an apple all the way round... Yeah. ...without it ever stopping right to the end. I could do that. Right, but that's not a world record. That's just the thing. It should be. But what? It's difficult. Who can peel... The, well, yeah, it's not who can yeah, do something difficult... Okay. It's not who can do something difficult. It's who can do something. The, the, if you're the, the the fattest, the thinnest, the fastest, the slowest, then you're a record breaker. Okay. I used to find that... If you could peel your apple all the way to the end quickly. Thank you, Kelly. That's right. Well, well done. What's her beef? I don't know. She's eating an apple. It's just the first thing that came. If you're to the mind. fattest, the thinnest. If you are a winner, you're a record breaker. To... I'm going to say something now that may appall people. Don't say you used to hate Roy Castle. Didn't like that programme at all. Record breakers. Pointless. People showing off. Did you not like the one where the kid had an argument with Norris McWhorter about a diamond? Do you remember I mean, that? I missed that one because I didn't watch it. Boring. It was good. What did he have an argument with Norris about? He Norris reckoned he knew more... F- yeah, exactly. You know, it was, it was Norris on the spot. On the spot! No. And you got to ask Norris McWhorter a question, yeah. right? He's on the spot, basically. And this kid said, Norris, 
What was the biggest diamond in the world? Well, the biggest diamond in the world was the Pink Panther diamond. <laughs> the kid went, no, it wasn't. And Norris goes, well, yes, it was. The kid went, no, it wasn't. It was this diamond. And Norris said, no, 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 it was this diamond. And they had an argument on the telly. A kid versus Norris McWhirter. Did it descend into violence? Yeah, it did. Roy Castle had to break it up with tap. And a bowler hat. Oh uh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's just world records. Let's be honest. Um, are uh, dull. They're a dull thing to to strive for. Speaking of world records, I don't know if they it should is a- have good world records. Like who can um, rescue the however many people? You know who who has saved so many people? The Superman. Such and such. On Earth. <clears throat> Philip Schofield did a 24-hour television... Excuse me? Can you hear that? Yes, I can, mate, because you're biting into an apple. Yeah, but I was doing That's it in my quietest... the least silent of snacks. I was doing it in my quietest of voice. You're like those people that take apples into the cinema. <laughs> Why would you do what that? What people? Do people take apples into the cinema and yeah, chomp on them. Is, apples not louder than a whole packet of popcorn and when people open it. It is. Things. Popcorn's soft. Popcorn makes no noise. No, but when you open and you're rustling about. Yeah, but it's very yielding. The Doritos don't make noise. Nacho, sorry. Hello, three counties. Hello. Oh, you're talking to a phone. <laughs> uh, he did, Philip Schofield, Pip. Yeah. Tw- Schofield. 24-hour TV marathon. Raising money for charity. Philip said, two yawns in 24 hours isn't bad. Yeah, well, you should have asked the audience how much they were yawning. <laughs> Did you watch it? No, it's I didn't know. He's very good. He's very good. He's a nice, he's a nice fella. Um, here we go. Uh, he joined, was joined live by the I'm a Celebrity hosts, uh, Deck and Ant. And he took on the fish eye challenge, stuffing as many fish eyes in his mouth as possible in 30 seconds. Ugh. And there's a picture of Samantha... Caring Samantha Cameron juggles a hectic... Hang on a second. So the Express, which has also attacked Russell Brand, then... Caring aristocrat... Caring Samantha Samantha Cameron, born into a life of privilege, married to the Prime Minister, multi-millionaire, juggles a hectic home life with serving meals to the homeless. And Prime Minister David told how she volunteers at a shelter that feeds 200 rough sleepers daily. And there's a picture of her stirring some soup with a black man. Or woman, I can't quite tell. So what they're saying there is, hey, Sam Cam, she got, she gets her hands dirty. She will work with all, all people from different kinds of backgrounds to help the homeless people, and she will stir some food. And there's a camera. Russell Brand speaks out for some people who are, uh, will, be, will be unable to pay their rent. How dare this, multi, this hypocritical multi-millionaire. Well, hang on a second. Samantha Cameron is married to a man who spends uh, 76 trillion or billion, let's say trillion because it's bigger, pounds on a nuclear defence system. How is that not hypocritical? I'll stop there. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Five clockwise, there are three lanes closed because of an accident just before Junction 17 for Maple Cross, and that's causing queues now from Junction 16 for the M40. In Brickettwood on the North Orbital Road, it's queuing at the M25 Junction 21A roundabouts. And having a look at the speed sensors in Bradenham, Wickham Road is looking very slow at the moment, southbound between Small Dean Lane and the A40. In Wendover on Nashley Road, that's looking very slow southbound between the A413 and Chesham Lane. And on the A1 southbound, it's very slow between Eaton Soken and the Black Cat roundabout through the roadworks there. On the train to snow reports for any problems at the moment and no delays showing up on the departure boards, but London Midland have planned engineering works on the Abbey line, which means the replacement bus service is running between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey for the road work, uh, engineering works until the end of the month. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The Chancellor, George Osborne, will deliver his autumn statement to Parliament today. He'll announce plans to lend £900 million to small companies and start a review of business rates. Police in Buckinghamshire have made a fresh appeal for information on the 20th anniversary of the killing of an Aylesbury bookmaker. And new guidelines are recommending home births for 45% of all pregnant women. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. And Milton Keynes Dons are up to third in League One after a 1-0 victory at Sheffield United. Danny Green, right-footed, drives it low, rebound for Benigafobi and it's in the back of the net! It's Deli Alley who's got the goal! What could be the winner for Milton Keynes Dons? Sheffield United nil, MK Dons won! And his manager, Carl Robinson. If you hit the target and, and you make the keep and make a save, you're asking him for making a mistake. And he made a great save and Bennett then obviously got a thing to it and then obviously Deli just tapped him. We've won tonight for not being good, but it's not being good because we're playing as a good team and uh, hopefully we can use that now to our advantage and go on from here. In last night's Premier League matches, Manchester United beat Stoke 2-1 at Old Trafford. Liverpool won 3-1 at Leicester with Steven Gerrard among the scorers. He was rested at the weekend but manager Brendan Rodgers says there's no rift. Stevie and I have a great understanding, a great relationship in terms of professionally so, uh, so he understands my thinking and he knows that the energy that he'll have from being rested at the weekend gives him the chance to perform like he done. Tonight's games include leaders Chelsea at home to Tottenham, Arsenal at home to Southampton and Manchester City away to Sunderland. In non-league football in FA Trophy replays, Bedford Town lost 3-2 after extra time at Western Supermare. St Albans lost 3-0 at Wealdstone. In the Southern League Premier Chesham won 3-0 at Alsey. Hitchin won 7-3 at Biggleswade. The funeral of the Australian cricketer Philip Hughes has taken place in his hometown of Maxville, north of Sydney. England's cricketers meanwhile start their third one-day international in Sri Lanka at 9 o'clock. England bowler Stephen Finn from Watford was a teammate of Hughes at Middlesex. It's going to be relatively tough, you know, to put that out of our minds. We do have an obligation to go out there and play this game. You know, it's not going to be rescheduled. We have to go out there and play it. So it's going to be a little bit difficult to go out there and play in those circumstances, but we do have to go and do it. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's be Avenue. Nothing in the papers today at all. I mean, there's, there's there's the Madonna story, but that was kind of in yesterday. Old woman gets her... Well, I was going to say saggy old um, boobs out, but they're not saggy. No, they're v- not. Very well-rounded. No, yes. Very well, well-rounded. Um, yes, upbringing. But they are a, a, an awkward colour at the moment. Yeah, it, it's, it was, you know, it looks like that they're, they're, they're tightly slung in that um, back-to-front dress. Yeah. 
I hate to point it out, but she has uh, displayed them for our uh, perusal. So um, a couple of points about those that are uh, unusual. Uh, Dealey. Hey, good morning, boss. You are right, Just? Yeah, fine. Yourself? Yeah, I thought you're out with a very special uh, guest today, aren't you? Yes, I'm out with Chris, who paid uh, over £600 <laughs> yeah. to co-present my Saturday programme. Is Chris there? He is, Can yeah. I have a word with him? Uh, yeah, OK, one second. Oh. Uh, Chris, pop those on. Ian's going to talk to you. Morning, Ian. Morning, Chris. You're right. I'm very good. Are you How enjoying much? the donuts? Uh, I, I am enjoying the donuts. They're not laced with anything, are they? Like, no, not. That's a shame. <laughs> uh, why, how much did you pay to uh, hang out with Justin Dealey? You two guys got me up to £620. Money well spent. Don't Listen, don't blame me for this, fella. Because we, we have to spend every day with that plum. Uh, and at the end of the day, you can't demand a refund. What's he had you doing so far? Uh, Lighting we... his cigarettes? <sighs> massaging his ego? We've been chatting about what... Um, basically, he's been interrogating me about my background. Ground and oh. uh, what I've done in my many years of life in my disco scene and my business and so on. We've Disc- met some lovely people around Luton as the well. The disco scene. Now, yeah. now you speak of his language. Yeah. Uh, and you're going to be presenting, you're co-presenting, is it this weekend, the it's, show? It's Saturday the 6th. Okay, okay. And so he's wearing the Luton Town kit, as promised. Is he actually doing it? Is he yes. wearing it now? He's not wearing it now, no, he's got his woolly jumper on and his uh, scarf around his neck, looking very fashionable. <laughs> be, be honest, though, he's, 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 he, he's a bit disappointing in the flesh, isn't he? No, I think he's quite a good-looking chap, actually. The, the, oh, the, the, the arrows, this is why a good look at him just now as we uh, we walk past the hotel. Uh, oh, yeah, he got a busted dealie! No, he dressed up specially nicely for you. Oh, did he? He did. He came, honestly, he came in this morning and he did look gorgeous, didn't he? We thought he? he was going to court or something. <laughs> he had a maybe really nice maybe jacket. Maybe got an interview lined up. Yeah, maybe at a decent radio station. <laughs> you never know. Uh, Chris, well, listen, enjoy your day. Thank you for the sweeties. Pleasure. Uh, give us back to Delia. We'll speak to you later. OK, cheers for now. 620 quid to hang out with that plum. Oi. I'd pay that to get rid of him for a He's week. Oi. Hello, mate. What have you been saying about me? Nothing, fella. I didn't hear any of that conversation. All no. good things, all good things. Yeah? Exactly. Who pays £600 for you? Isn't, no one. Isn't, isn't Chris a lucky, lucky guy? He is a very lucky guy, yes. Very, very but lucky. a lucky guy, too, to have listeners like that, who would pay £600 and to come in and to be in good spirit, to bring donuts. You know, what a top man. Loving his work. What? Uh, uh, what? Uh, he's going to be doing the show this weekend, is he? This weekend he'll be co-presenting the show, and I've got to say, he knows his music. Yeah. He really does. What kind of stuff is he suggesting? Disco. <laughs> you two are made for each other. Yes. This is a proper bromance. <laughs> uh, well, well done, Chris. Good, good, good luck, and uh, we'll come and say hello in a little bit. Now, uh, just you've been uh, Russell Brand, Russell yep. Brand, Russell Brand. He's come under fire in all the papers. Bizarrely, the the Express kind of attacks him a bit. It's it's a slightly lighter attack than the Sun, but then they have a story about caring Samantha Cameron juggling a hectic home life with serving meals to the homeless. Well, her husband, uh, you know, sells weapons to people. So, and they're millionaires. Mm. Yet Russell Brand, he's made a few films. Most of them are rubbish. Yep. He's, he's done well for himself. He's got over his drug addiction. He's, he's a, a millionaire. And the son is ripping him to pieces mercilessly. You know why? Because, you know, he's a funny guy. To me, he's a very, very funny man because he's such a great character. He's a little bit different. And... If you're good at something, stick to it. You know, you think about Bono. Fantastic in U2. When it comes to politics, shut up. It's exactly the same when it comes to Russell Brand. Just would, stick to what you're good at. I would love to hear you interviewing Bono. And he starts talking about African. Shut up, Bono. <laughs> I just want to memories? talk about the, the rock and roll. Yes. For goodness sakes. So, You've taken it to the streets. Yeah, I've been um, asking people this morning whether Russell Brand should stick to comedy. And uh, for this particular piece, you've got a jingle coming up. We have got some something a little bit special because today we have done The Ladies Perspective. Beautiful. All the ladies in the house. 
the ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies perspective, perspective with Ian Lee across beds, hearts and bucks. Ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. The ladies, the ladies. Madam Russell Brand, very simply, should he stick to comedy? I don't think he's even any good at that either. <laughs> <laughs> What's your thoughts on Mr Brand then? He's an idiot, a complete idiot. Why? Because he is. He's just a big head. He's just a nobody to me. I just I can't stand him. I absolutely cannot stand him. When you see him on TV, emotionally, what does it do to you? Come on, if you saw him on I'd TV... Him. I'd love to strangle him. I really would. He's just horrible. I just can't stand him. Suzanne, Russell Brand, you're such a big fan. Why are you such a big fan of Russell Brand? Come on, tell us. Well, he's fit, he's gorgeous, <laughs> and he's extremely clever. OK. Um, should he stick to comedy? Yes. He shouldn't go down politics, right? He's, he takes it far too seriously. Mm. Far too seriously. And that's where his talent is in comedy. So when you watch him on TV and he's talking about politics, going off on one like he does, oh, I'm Russell Brand, here we go, does he then become not fit? No, no, he can He's never not be fit. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, it's just we've got enough people to deal with that. You know what I mean? People need to lighten up, get some comedy in their life. That's what he's well known for. Everybody loves him for it. Hey, Patricia, what's the vibe this morning? You OK? Yes, I got a bit of a cold today, so... Mm, you sound sexy to me. Do I really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm liking it. I'm liking it, baby. Now, Russell Brand, should he stick yeah. to comedy? He's yes, going down the politics line? Definitely, because politics then is seen, you know, because he's such a good comedian. It's a good point, well made. So when you're watching uh, Russell Brand, um, yeah. obviously he makes you laugh. Has yeah. it got to the point where you've almost wet yourself watching Russell Brand? No, not that much, but I've had tears in my eyes, you know, but not wetting myself at all. <laughs> I don't do things like that with anybody. <laughs> lovely stuff. Have a lovely day. Yeah. Dirty laugh. OK. <laughs> Daily? Leave her alone. Mm. The poor woman. She was I think you might have just got her pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> do, I tell you what I, I really found interesting in that piece. Yeah, go on. Was your pathetic attempt at a Russell Brand impression. What was wrong with that? Well, let's hear it again. What? Live? What, what do, you, do you need to work <laughs> up to it? Well, I, it was spontaneous earlier on. I can't recreate a moment of, of genius, can I? Uh. By all means, play the clip again, but that was spontaneous. <laughs> Come on. Play the uh, game, guys. I'll do my Donovan if you do your Russell Brand. Go on, then. Do your Donovan. The Lost City of Atlantis. Wow. When that you're having a go at me. That, that was a... That was a brilliant... That, my Donovan is spot on. In well, your opinion. Welcome to the Lost City of Atlantis. God, that was so bad. Get out of here, you plum. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've just started following. I'm thinking I should spice up my Twitter timeline. So I've just started following loads of local BBC radio stations. And I'm already on board of them. And I'm thinking I might start unfollowing them again. The sort of things they um, tweet. Oh, my goodness. Just think, guys, if you lived in another region, you could be discussing um, um, uh, the, 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 the autumn statement that comes out today. Other regions are discussing the autumn statement on their breakfast show. No names, no pack drill, but really? We're talking about bits of your body that have dropped off. Like this, we've had an email through from Nikki from Olney. Morning, Morning Nikki. Nikki! On a family holiday, my sister-in-law, Lisa, was a bit over-enthusiastic while playing Bool. Bool. I like Bool. Also known as Patanka. 
Um, we used to, we got a bull set uh, from a car boot sale. You often see bull sets in car boot sales. And they're wonderful in those little leather cases. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got, you got a metal one? We or, had the metal yeah. one. Oh, you don't get the plastic stuff because you can get them for like five, ten quid. Fifteen quid. If you get, go to a car boot sale, there'll be a tenner. If you go to like an antique shop, there'll be twenty quid. And they're beautiful. They're lovely. Those lovely leather cases, those weighty, st- I'm assuming it's steel balls with the, the ornate markings on. Fat. I remember we, I remember playing that when I was about seven in our back garden. It's a brilliant game. Oh, it's great. Game. Anyway, not so brilliant for Nikki's relative. Oh, gosh. My sister-in-law, Lisa, was a bit over-enthusiastic while playing bool and threw one extremely hard at my brother, uh, Stephen's... Ouch. Nether region. Oh, Whoa, no! Whoa, no, you low. <laughs> oh, my balls! He was very purple, black, swollen and very sore after this. Do they look? I think he probably just told them. Yeah. Gosh. Wowzers. Let's all just pause for a moment and think of Stephen's balls. Patanka. We also had a text through. French, isn't it? Yeah. The French are always playing it. They can't get enough. Next, okay, next time I'm at a car boot sale and there will be a set of bulls. I'm gonna, I, saw some, I saw some a while ago. Have you not got current bulls? No, we I haven't. Have. I have. Uh, metal ones? Yeah. Yeah. I'm you don't playing, get those rubbish I was going to say, I'm not playing games. I am. I'm playing bulls. <laughs> playing bulls, playing patanka. Badunga. Um No, next time I see some, I'll get some, because it's a great thing to have, and I think the kids are old enough to just about to, to do it properly. It's a very fun thing. Yeah. Do you remember when we were kids, though, you used to be able to buy them and they had water in them? No. Plastic ones with no. water in them. No, yeah, yeah. No. Happened. No, I don't remember it. True fact. Chris um, says this, but I don't know whether I believe it. Chris. Should I read it anyway? Chris. I once submitted a joke future record attempt of how many people can pass the same sweet corn kernel through their digestive tract. Sorry? Say that again. I wasn't even listening until the last bit. I heard the word tracked. It's because we were talking about the Guinness Book of Records. Yeah. And how if you just find the weirdest thing, you could be a record breaker. Yeah. I once submitted a joke future record attempt of how many people can pass the same sweet corn kernel through their digestive tract and it was accepted. Oh. How do they know that uh, the, the water that you drink from your tap has been through eight other people? How do they know that? Litmus tests. Is there any water? This is a genuine question, okay? Genuine science question for the boffins li- listening. The clever fellow who, who invented the machine that um, that t- keeps clones an organ warm. Kidneys, yeah, yeah. Is there any water on this planet that's never been drunken before? Drinken, drinked, drunk, drank. Has anyone ever drank water? No. Is there any water on this planet that's never passed through a human being before? That is a good question. It's an excellent question. How that- do you find out the answer, though? Um, an expert boffin. Yes, an expert boffin, isn't it? How will they know? Well, they'll know. Because they're boffins. Don't muddy the um, untainted water of life. Oh, wait, four, five, nine. It's a genuine question. They know the number. They know how to get hold of it. Well, exactly. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. It's one of those things. Uh, that This is what... Um, um, uh, the phones one. are going already. We've I'll shut one. up. I'll- apparently they're from Luton. I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there's three lanes closed just before Junction 17 for Maple Cross. That's causing queues from Junction 16 for the M40 because of an accident. And anti-clockwise on the M25, there's a lane closed between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar. That's because of a breakdown. On the M1 northbound, it's looking very heavy at the moment between Junction 13 for Bedford and 14 for Milton Keynes. In where the A10 southbound's very slow between West Mill Road for Stevenage and Stansted Road for the Hartford turnoff. And having a look at the trains, there are some problems. There's been a signal failure at St. 
Albans that's causing 20-minute delays on East Midlands trains and Thameslink services between St Pancras and Bedford and also on London Midland trains as a replacement bus service between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey that's for engineering works. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you so much, Bruffy. A little broth around the edges. Um, I'm on a roll here. Don't stop me now. Um, broth and broth and bready. <laughs> Wasn't made me laugh that one. Um, Mate, you're looking a bit messy. Do you want to burn my hair, broth? <laughs> uh, I think that's more than your broth. Br- uh, have you gone, broughy? I'm still here. Oh, blimey! I just thought you'd gone. You weren't supposed to hear that. All right, bruv, calm down. Bruv. No? No? No. OK. It's 8.46. Thank goodness this is nearly over. The Chancellor, George Osborne, will deliver his autumn statement to Parliament today. Some local radio shows are discussing that. Police in Buckinghamshire have made a fresh appeal for information on the 20th anniversary of the killing of an Aylesbury bookmaker. And new guidelines are recommending home births for 45% of all pregnant women. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some out there between 3 and 4 Celsius. That's the further west you go over near to High Wycombe. It's minus 2, so fairly chilly. The further east you go, however, there is a bit of cloud coverage, so it's slightly milder. But we have got some sunshine this morning, which is good news. It's a bright start. The cloud moving in from the east, though, throughout the course of the morning could bring one or two spots of rain as well, so it will end up rather cloudy by the end of the afternoon. Got a northeasterly breeze as well, so temperature's going to feel quite chilly, although the maximum looks like 9 Celsius later. Later on today. Cloudy overnight tonight, one or two spots of rain in there, but that should stop the frost forming as the temperature is hovering above zero at two Celsius. For tomorrow morning, a cloudy, cold start to the day. Lighter winds, but maybe a spot or two of light rain and drizzle. Temperatures again struggling, just nine Celsius for Thursday. That's 46 degrees in Fahrenheit, and that's your forecast. Thank you so much, Kate. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Well, I think it's a place that has everything. I love it. I don't think I'll probably ever move away. Quite friendly. I mean, there's another reason why I probably settled down here, because I managed to make friends quite quickly. All this week, we're discovering Bedford. We love it. You know, the atmosphere and the people. Ah, oh, the river, the embankment, uh, the Swan Hotel. The, the town's a great town. The river, obviously the jewel and the crown running it through it. Telling everyone about where you live. It's somewhere where we've made lots of friends and we've come to regard it very much as home. Well, the very best thing, obviously, is the river, because I think it's absolutely gorgeous. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, wait, I was trying to catch... I saw you having a little chitty chat there, and I was trying to catch you unawares, uh, Peachy. It wasn't a chitty chat. I was um, issuing instructions. Peachy chunks. What? What were you called? Delicious peaches. No. Is that your stripper name? Uh, what was it? talk about that. But, sorry. Pe- Peach Melba. What, were you, no. what was the phrase? Peachy portions. But we don't talk about that. Listen, we've all done things in our past we don't want revisited on there. Can I just say a big thank you to Catherine Boyle for bringing in pizza this morning. She went for a two-for-one Tuesday, and I got the two. Beautiful. Well done, you. And I did a half and half, selflessly. Kevin is on the line. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Ian. First time caller, podcast listener. That's, that's correct, that's correct. Good to have you on board, boss. What can we do for you? I just wanted to come up, it feels like Back to the Future, because I'm always a week behind. Oh, so I, I just wanted to know what you're talking about this week before I listen to it next week. 
Okay, well, uh, that's a complicated question. Mm. Well, uh, I can't remember what's going to be in the pods. Uh, well, I think we can safely say things that have been fall- fallen off or shot off or blown off. <laughs> things that have blown off. Come on, Catherine, you that can do better than that. That guy's finger blew off. <laughs> We're up bits of extremities of bodies that have, have dropped off. Bit, uh, cut your body okay. changing colour. Okay. What we need... Uh, and what's, what's the beef with brand? What's the that's, that's not in the podcast yet, though. No, what we need we to do... Some offerings. What we need to do is we need to come up with something so that Kevin can answer it now, but we won't ask it until next week. No. Will that work? Yeah. OK. Ooh. Yeah, OK. So in next week's show, Kevin, and we'll yes. play this in... We'll play this in next Wednesday, and you'll okay. then make that... This podcast, you'll be in this podcast, but you'll also be in next podcast. There we go. The first time that one person has appeared twice in two different podcasts with exactly the same thing, okay? So, the question next Wednesday will be... um, Kath, any ideas? What if you cut your mouth on? Uh, Ever cut your mouth, Kev? Uh, yes, I have. Oh, what, what did you cut your mouth on? Uh, trying to open a bottle of beer with my teeth. Oh, you maniac. It, Tough it went guy. a bit wrong. Yeah, of course it would. Yeah. We all know you put it at the edge of a table and whack it down. I was showing off. Oh, but what made you think that was even humanly possible? Only Jaws from the James Bond movies can do that. Maybe I just watched it, yeah. Yeah, I... I messed up. What can I say? Were you trying to impress girls or men? Uh, I think it was the boys. Yeah. I think I was trying to, uh, yeah. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Kevin, what are you normally doing when you listen to the podcast? Uh, I'm driving on the M25 to and from work. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Kevin, this, right, so this bit will be in this week's podcast, but it will be played out next Wednesday on the show and be in next week's podcast as well. Crystal. Excellent okay, stuff, it. indeed. Thank you very much, indeed. We're time travelling. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, why? We've crossed the streams. Why are we playing we're, it twice? We're playing with time. Because then, so then next Wednesday, that's going to be the phone in. Oh, okay. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Will you remember? Yeah, of course I will. I remember everything, Kerry. 08459 <laughs> 455 555. Because you don't remember that phone in that we were going to do about when you were younger. What did you do when you were younger? We didn't. Well, well your, we're kind of doing that today. It's your responsibility to remind me of those things. I'm a very busy man. I've got a head full of f- f- fudge. Gunk. What? I said, we're kind of doing that today. I wasn't, no, I was things look, that happened I wasn't before talking to you. I was to, looking to her. I know, but you should be talking to me because I'm, I'm trying to bail you out. Well, have we got any taxes? No. Oh. Yes, OK. Uh, Marco and St Albans. They put food colouring in the water and ask you to call in when your tap water is a different colour. Eight people called them. That's not that's not how it's done. This is the thing. Apparently, that your tap water has been through eight different people, right? Is a, is I know it gets cleaned and stuff, but is a bit of their DNA in my mouth? Have I got eight people's DNA in my mouth? Yeah, probably. And is there any water on this planet that's never passed through a human being? Colin? Yes. Thanks very much for calling. Chris in Milton Keynes says, I think the consensus is that at least some of the water you drink in every glass has been urinated by dinosaurs. There's a stat from, from uh, Chris in Milton Keynes. If only... Um, uh, OK, thank you, Colin, for answering that question. So there is water on the planet that's never been drunk by somebody. Uh, if anybody knows where that water is, 08459 455555. Does Colin know? Colin, do you know where that water is? Colin? Yes. Thank you very much indeed for calling. 08459 
four double five five and five. If you can tell us where that water is, please. That would be. Um... Could Colin tell us? Could you tell us, Colin? Yeah. Thank you very much for calling. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. So Colin could tell us where that water is that's never passed through a human being. Could you? Could you, Colin? Yes. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. So that's yes is all round from Colin. Could you say yes and could you give us the answer? Do you think they will, Colin? No. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Hey, tell you who's a lucky man. Me. David's a lucky man. David, who? On the texts. Hey up, Dave. My girlfriend can open a bottle of beer with her teeth. Oh. And she doesn't <laughs> even like it. I wonder where that was going. Very handy, though. She's a keeper. What a classy, classy woman she is, David. I bet she really is um, um, uh, a, a, a beauty. A beauty. Imagine that. Your, 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 your I'd love to be able to do something like that, just to shock. I'd like to be able to light a match on my stubble. Yeah. Is that ever possible? Because they do it in films. Ask Colin. Colin, can people actually light uh, matches with their stubble? Don't know. Okay, thank oh. you very much indeed. Found oh, a hole in his knowledge. Four double five, five double five. If that can be done, Cowboys was doing it all the time. Cowboys was. <laughs> it? They had no recourse though, did they? No, very. I mean, it was a lawless uh, territory out there. Yeah. Really was lawless. Okay, so it's uh, George Osborne's autumn statement later on today. In the last five minutes of the show, give us a call. What would you like to see in it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five. What would you like to see? Some radio stations are actually doing that. Now, like a wish list, a money wish list. I would like uh, to pay less tax, and I would like inheritance tax to be gone, and um, stamp duty to go up. Do you think it's going to happen? What? Ask Colin. Colin, do you think it'll happen? No. There we go. You see, that's that sorted, isn't it? Colin, would you have a baby at home? Uh. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you'd like to uh, give us a call. Colin, would you like to give us a call? I'd love to give you a call. Thanks. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. That's the phone number, Colin. If you'd like to give us a call, if you want to put a question to Colin as well, you've got uh, four minutes to give us a call. What's that phone number? Peachy portions. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. I worked out how to play, um, uh, and I, I play it brilliantly. I worked this out. I was play- we were doing a piano disco for the boy. My, my youngest boy. Why are you laughing? Because you know this is actually brilliant, don't you? I can't believe you're going to play it out. Why not? Well, because uh... it's brilliant, right? The boy said, "The boy says, can you play? Right, what do you want to play? Bear in mind, I can only play monkey songs." He says, "Can you play Frozen?" Oh, flipping it! Can I play Frozen? Yeah. Turns out I can. Here we go. Here we go. Listen to this. This is awesome. Okay, you go and sit on the sofa. Let it go. Yeah? Nice. I don't know any more of the words. I can play it! Well done, mate. It's the powerful bow, bit. Bow, bow, bow. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> you just sat there and you just, you just played it. Yeah. The music came from your fingertips. I'm whistling now. Feeling and cocky. You can whistle. Look, the ending. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Colin likes that. I think I'm good. Uh, it's lunchtime. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much indeed. It's lunchtime. Little so and so. I was genuinely, I was like a three year old Chinese kid. I was brilliant at the piano. It just, it, it just was, came it naturally. was just flowing through me. I'm like um, the results of a tiger mum. 
My mum couldn't have been anything less like a tiger. Apart from when she bit me to stop me biting uh, my sister and uh, and cats. I wonder if Colin can play the piano. Colin, can you play the piano? No, I can't. OK, thank you very much indeed. Well, maybe you could learn. You think you're so big. You, missed it. you think you missed a know-it-all. Well, you can't play Let It Go on the piano. I can. Who's the loser? Use the loser. It's lunchtime. <laughs> right, that's it. That's your lot. Can we go home now, please? Yes. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 clockwise, there's three lanes closed because of an accident just before Junction 17 for Maple Cross. That's causing queues from Junction 16 for the M40. Anti-clockwise on the M25, there's a lane closed between Junction 25 for Enfield and 24 for Potter's Bar. That's making it very slow past there at the moment. And having a look at the speed sensors, the A1M southbound's looking very slow between Junction 8 for Stevenage and Junction 7 for the A602. On the A1 southbound, it's looking very busy between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Hat Roundabout through the roadworks, some delays there. And on the train East Midlands services and Thameslink services between Bedford and St Pancras have 50-minute uh, delays. That's because of a signalling problem at St Albans. And London, London Midlands services have replacement bus service running between Watford Junction and St Albans Abbey. That's for engineering works. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Samantha? Yes? Are you an only child or do you have any bruffers? <laughs> I have a sister. Doesn't work. <laughs> Thanks very much. For nothing. Yeah. Thank you, Samantha. Excellent stuff. Good sport, as always. That's it. That's your lot. You heard talk of the podcast there. You can get the podcast by going to iTunes or by going to the BBC Three Counties website. If you go to iTunes and type in Ian Lee BBC, it pops up. There'll be a new one up there probably Friday at some point. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, everybody who called in. I think we just about got away with it, didn't we? JVS is up next until 6 o'clock tomorrow morning from us. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Wednesday, it's 9 o'clock, and on today's big phone-in, do you think women should at least try to give birth at home? Health Watch.